Hey guys, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, congratulations, lucky you. Uh, welcome to Content Candy's new, 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 new show. It's called Garmin Shows Ya, with myself, Video Drew, and Lon Harris, talking about entertainment news, or whatever we find on the internet, or whatever comes to our head. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, what have you. And make sure to check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways you can support this network, this brand as we continue to grow. Love you. starting hey guys yeah, hey festive guys. festive uh hi guys welcome to an all-new episode of garmin shows you with myself video drew drew grant and with me as always is my co-host the lovely lon harris uh, hey guys it's movie time it's movie time speaking <laughs> of we got a gift for you today lon. yeah I, I saw that's why i wanted to open with it i know it's an on cinema theme how'd you know because you told me i did no, I, I don't think I told you. How else would I know it was an on-cinema-themed gift? I don't know, because that's me. like all we talk about. You We were talking about on-cinema, and you mentioned that you got me a Christmas present that Damn was on-cinema-themed. Damn it. Okay, well, this is a very slender on-cinema gift. So I'm, I'm opening the present now to walk you through. Oh, my God. It is one of the uh, <laughs> on-cinema fans will know immediately what I mean. It is an official VFA certificate of movie expertise that certifies me as a film buff. I will hang this in a place of prominence in my home. Do you like it? Of course. It's okay. amazing. I didn't even know they were, I did not know that you could obtain your own. <laughs> yeah, you can get your own. Like, uh, I thought Pop Secret exclusively <laughs> could hand these out. No, no, you can get them right here. Wow, that's amazing. What's Pop Secret? No, well, because he he won, oh, Greg God. won the oh Pop God. Secret contest. Oh my God, that's right. And then it turns out, uh, he shamed took- the film buff community by not attending the Ghostbusters premiere, taking the $20,000 <laughs> prize instead. Now, did you watch all the on cinema, uh, like the, the, the highlight season? Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I watched every highlight. Okay. I, Mark's cavalcade of characters was like, I put it in a museum. Yeah. It's put that so in- amazing. Mark Probst, uh, is amazing. Yeah, and you're <laughs> right. You're right. The, uh, glasses work that Tim Heidecker was doing like ended in the most spectacular cumulative fashion where he's just looking at the glasses and he's looking at the person. He's like, it, I, the, this season, they, they have elevated, like it's always been good. It's I, always been I've great. always enjoyed it. They, they always played around with the format in very clever ways, but th- this past few seasons, they, they've upped the narrative game to where it's becoming like a full fledged dramatic TV show. I like know. Twist and buried things. Like there was a, uh, they, they shared today. <laughs> This clip of from early in the season when it was Tim first talk about how he's bonding with Matt, his, well, he's, new, he's, he's new, his son. new son-in-law, uh, and 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 they're they're teasing out the twist that comes at the very end. Oh my god! In that the way that up. like 
a real, sh- you know, like a succession would or something. Like he's saying, I remember he's saying, I, I bonded with my son. I, I talked told to him about Doc, you know, Dr. Dr. Sam. <laughs> yeah, like. But the, what a great mic drop to save it for the end of the series. Sorry, guys, this is spoilers for On Cinema. Yeah. If you haven't been watching On Cinema, the movie review show that's been going on for like eight seasons. And 12. Now 12. I think this was season 12. Oh, you're right. It's 12 seasons. It just seasons. wrapped up. Uh, Tim Heidecker, Greg Turkington. It is the most entertaining, non-informative uh, movie review show. Yeah, it started as like, the I guess it was a podcast, and then it was an adult swim thing, mm-hmm. and now they're doing it like totally independently on their own. It's been like a, a bunch of the past stuff is on YouTube. That's mm-hmm. where I started watching it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, there was an article that I shared this week, and actually like the, the journalist, the, the guy who wrote it ended up like following me, Ooh. and so now we're, we're Twitter friends. Uh, now you're Twitter friends. Now we're Twitter friends. And it was about how Succession and On Cinema are like the two best, shows for commenting on like Trump and the Trump era. Like you can't really talk about Trump directly because it's so crazy and he's so evil and he's so ridiculous that it's like, there's no way to like engage with it directly. But like succession is kind of this like takedown of the ruling class of 2021 and like the people that made Trump possible. Mm -hmm. And then on cinema is like, this dissection of like the, the, the psyche, right? The Trumpian personality and like that need to constantly seem like confident and aggressive and in charge. And like the, the, you know, like the, the desperation and the yeah. terror that lurks like right behind it. Oh yeah. The building of this fucking location that they were going to do the, uh, right. And yeah. it's just like Tim Heidecker just really has like figured out a way to capture that, but like indirectly, like, like how you look at an eclipse, but like through a mirror. So you can't, cause you can't look yeah. at it directly. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty astute. I also see they're both very good at burying the lead. So like both shows, I have like these references that like, when they finally come to fruition, you're like, oh my God, like, yeah, I didn't, I've never heard, like the, the, the Alexander Skarsgård thing in Succession, I was like, where'd this come from? Like, I've never heard of this, but if you go back like a couple episodes or- Oh yeah, season, Gojo, right. Gojo is mentioned, like, they just kind of like slip it in there. They yeah. kind of just have like a little mention they're of very, Gojo. They're very good at that. Yeah, and so you're like, wait, wait, why are they buying out this like, you know, tech thing? Like, what is this, where is this coming from? But if you go back and watch, it's been seated throughout, like, it's just been like very like slipped yeah. in there. Wow, Succession is really impressive at like, they it's not about the business stuff it's because like they don't care like the Roy kids don't really care they just want to impress dad yeah it's just about status and power for them it's not really about caring about the media as an industry I I think Kendall I think Kendall does care but like in this like in this like very like buzz term way right it's only just buzzwords so you really do have to pay attention closely to the show especially to like the side conversation because it's never what they're focused on but it's what it's happening so you can figure out what's going on with Ray Star Royco as a company you just have to like listen to the people who actually are doing their jobs instead of like shiv yeah just listen to what jerry's got going on right you have to listen to frank and jerry and like all of their associated people and not hugo and like not the 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 roy kids because they're out to lunch like carl might be my favorite out of all of them i mean i really like jerry but david roche is amazing why does he look like a like a messed up rucker howard he's like rucker howard if he lost his do you remember sledgehammer no he, that actor, David Roche, in the 90s, or late 80s, Jesus Christ, it's been a long time, yeah. starred in a comedy series called Sledgehammer that was like a, it was almost like the MacGruber of its era. Like, Wait, really? Yeah. A parody of like tough guy cop shows like Hunter. You remember Hunter? Hunter x Hunter? Hunter anime? was an 80s, like tough guy, took itself seriously, like cop show. Okay. Um, in fact, Brazos, I think on, on only murders in the building, like the show that Steve Martin was supposed to have been on. I think that's also sort of slightly inspired by Hunter, but Sledgehammer was almost a direct riff on Hunter in the late eighties, early nineties on like 
USA or like one of those basic cable networks, but it was really, really funny. It was like that airplane style of just like joke a minute, naked gun, constant references and bits and whatever. And so that was like growing was it, up. Was he on it? He was the star. He was Sledgehammer. Okay, because I'm going to look at tell you right now that if you told me this was this is uh, Rucker Hauer and like Blade yeah. Runner, that I would be like, yes. Well, that's because that's who he was supposed to be. He was oh, supposed to okay. be the like cop on the edge, like the last honest, like badass, dirty Harry style cop. So he's a comedy actor. Yeah. Like I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, it, I mean, I don't know. He probably did serious work as well. well but like he's a theater guy, he was like very funny on Sledge. It was it was a very much like a Leslie Nielsen type gotcha. thing where he's playing it straight. It's all deadpan. Mm-hmm. He's playing it like it's a tough cop show, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's funny because I saw Kieran Culkin on Broadway in the play This Is Our Youth, starring uh uh sorry, it was it was by Jerry's husband. Oh. That's how they know each other. Oh. Jerry's husband is, it's not Tracy Letts. Is it Tracy Letts? No. No. It's uh, Jerry's husband in succession, or in real life. Jerry's succession. Her name is. Oh, wait. Is she, I don't know her husband in real life. I thought you meant the guy she was dating on the No, no. The in, the sh- in real life, she's married to. Uh, is it Tracy Letts? It might be Tracy Letts. Jay Smith Cameron and Tracy J- Letts? I think that might be it. Or somebody like that. No, no, no. Because like it's somebody else that's a big name in the uh, oh Kenneth Lonergan Kenneth Lonergan who yeah. did You Can Count On Me and Margaret and Manchester by the Sea I, right there I we go there so, you. So, I did not know that that's a fascinating tidbit isn't that a fun little thing so okay, I saw Kiernan and Michael Sarah and remember Tavi Gendelson no. she ran Rookie Magazine she was a she was like a fashion blogger but she was 13 and she was like totally weird wow. looking and like people were like obsessed with her and like okay. she, was getting, she was going on with like Anna Wintour and stuff and this sounds like, vaguely this. this sounds vaguely familiar but then she got super super hot like at 16, she became like, sure. she went from being like this little twerpy little like Anna Wintour clone well, yeah, as course. a child. But like right. she was getting invited to all the like, like all the big, you know, uh, Carl, whatever his name is, shows, like the big shows. Yeah. And then she Lagerfeld. got Lagerfeld. Okay. I was like, no, I'm just thinking of like the Carl from Succession. Anyway, so she <laughs> became like an actress and I think she still is. I think she's in something right now Probably. off Broadway. But she became super hot. She became she ran this magazine called Rookie Mag. She decided she wanted to be an actress. So everyone was like, okay, because everyone in New York already loved her. If you're already in New York in, so, in everybody's, you know, purview, then yeah, why not? So Mark Ruffalo had originated the role in this like three-hander that was on Broadway that they were redoing again a couple of years ago. And it was Kieran Culkin, uh, Michael Sarah, and then Tavi as the uh as the main chick. Oh, well, and that, that happened. Oh, yeah, she's starring right now in Assassin. I don't know, sometimes Assassin's on Broadway. Oh, right, yes. They just brought back that. Uh, Which is good because that's the best one, I think. And that's a couple of ways I feel like that's the most trenchant Sondheim to do right now. Anyway. It's definitely one of the lesser to like, I feel like everybody knows like the same two. Like everybody's Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods are like everybody's favorite. Oh, yeah, and Sondheim. Company. Everyone loves Company. But this is the one about like. Honestly, I feel like Company before. Uh, marriage story and co-op like I feel like that was the one two punch that put company back in everybody's oh, yeah. like minds because before that I knew it only because of that documentary like I had ne- I would not know Company as a show. I only know because there's a seminal documentary that was made about the Company is like definitely not my favorite. Like it really hits some people in this resonating hard way. I think because it's like about a 35 year old who's not getting married. All his friends are married. I knew it only because that song, Not Getting Married Today, was something I sang like consistently through the year trying to get married. Uh, So. And that's the one they parody with did a little cocaine tonight in co-op. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's It's like the fast, the one where you have to sing really fast. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm not very sorry, and I'm very, very sorry, but I'm doing a little cocaine tonight. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. It's such, what a great documentary now episode. With like, oh my god, it's the best one they've ever done. Like, with Karen it's... and Culkin, or not Karen and Culkin, uh, Karen, what's his name? Richard Kind? No, the other guy, the guy from SNL, whose name is weird. He was King George. On oh, Hall. right. Oh, um, um, Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam is like, I only know two things, <laughs> what women want in the immediate future. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're, they're, that, that episode is incredible. And Urbaniacs in it. My good friend James is in that. Yeah. Um, so uh, getting slightly off topic here from Succession and On Cinema, uh, we wanted to talk about a couple of things today. You got Shudder. I did. Well, I, have, I temporarily have Shudder. I decided to check out AMC Plus. Did, did you send me up for that accidentally? Did I sign you up for AMC Plus? Because I suddenly Plus. have AMC Plus, and it was like, welcome to AMC Plus. I can log in. I don't know. I didn't sign up for Are AMC you... Plus. Wait. No, that wouldn't make sense. I have no idea how that happened. Okay. I did not. I did not sign anyone else up for AMC Plus. Well, now I also have AMC Plus. I, I, is it through Amazon? I don't know. But I got an email and everything, and I was like, I didn't sign up for this. That's very weird. Okay. I signed up through Am like through Amazon. You can sign up for all sorts of different like channels, like third-party channels. Like like how premium cable used to work. So I I had stars for a while, and then I was like, okay, I'm not really watching anything on stars. So like I gave up on stars, and then I just figured like, okay, I'll just flip it into AMC Plus because they've got a lot of stuff coming up that I kind of want to check out. I really want to see that Anne Boleyn BBC oh, show. Oh, I have screeners for that, by the way. They oh. just sent me screeners, and then they I, I guess maybe they just signed me up through the like the, the screener system because I have screeners for all these AMC Plus shows, and then they just signed me yeah. up for it. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, uh, I didn't realize, but when you sign up through Amazon for AMC Plus, they throw in as like a bonus a free month of like a bunch of the other AMC niche streaming services, including Shutter. So now I have a month of horror movies on Shutter to just blaze through as quickly as I can. You've gone through Channel Zero, correct? Channel Zero I watched when it was like on TV. So yes, I have saw. You seen, have you seen the most recent one, the the Dream Door one? Yes, okay. I saw. I saw the the Tooth one, like the Tooth Monster oh. Kid, yeah. and then I saw the the House, the like weird alt alternate reality. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the one John Carroll Lynch. That's yes. the best one. And then I saw right the the Dream one. So you missed the Rucker Howard one. I don't think I saw a record. Rucker Howard is the cannibal, uh, like no. town scion. No, I don't with think the, I saw with the staircase that goes nowhere. Nope. I'll, I'll okay. take a look. There that might, one's good. There might be one season I missed. That's possible. Okay, you should check that out. It's I a good season. Sure. Well, yeah, because that make, that would make sense. Because at some point I like would have stopped watching cable and would have switched over to watching streaming stuff, and right. so that was probably that year. Um, you haven't. Speaking of cable shows, you haven't happened to catch. I mean, this would be very random if you did, because you would need cable, and so I'm guessing not. Hogwarts Tournament of Houses. Oh, the that? right, the 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 trivia show. I have not seen like a whole episode, okay. but I've seen. I know what you're talking about. It is. It just finished up. This I think weekend. they're putting it on HBO Max, so they, I think it they will. It will be streaming. It ended up this week. Uh, it was the fucking craziest quiz show I've ever seen. We we started this being like, well, I know something about Harry Potter, and I think I know something about quiz shows. All so like, right. I think I can do it. <laughs> this show immediately was like, okay, here's four couches. Which one of these couches was used in the background shot of a scene? Yeah. From And they like brought out the couches and we were like, what the fuck? Like, what That's the fuck? one thing I noticed right away when I was, you know, I do, I write Fandom 5, which is a trivia show that fandom does. Yeah. And it's always like pop culture, like, this week is a Pokemon quiz. This week is Friends. You guys are doing this Pokemon? We did. We God did Pokemon. Damn it. That's God damn it. I, you know me, so it would. you can't compete anyway. Okie dokie. It, it's, it's Fine. Not, I could have asked the questions. It would not have been. Charizard. 
Well, I, I you know, they, they go up. The, the, the bit is, it's called Fandom 5 because you get five questions in a row Termillion. of increasing difficulty. And you have to get them all right in order to win the grant. You get a prize, you know, whatever. Galarian Mr. Mime. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like, I, it's really hard for me to calibrate. Like, I have to ca- be calibrating all these questions. Like, what's harder? If I know the subject, it's it's not that hard. Like Rick and Morty, I wrote one, and it's like, okay, I could just use my own knowledge. Pickle Rick. But like uh, Pokemon, it was really hard because I don't have that base knowledge. But one thing I noticed right away is that visual questions are super hard. They always have been hard. Like think about in Shmodown, everyone always gets the color questions wrong. Right, like, color, color, design, like what, what image is featured on this? Like people are always bad. Like I thought this one was really easy. I'll try it out on you right now. Is it the tail the thing? Because people have trouble with the tail of Pikachu, whether it's lightning no. ball design. No, this is from the Friends quiz. Okay. There's a very large poster hanging in Monica's living room, Monica and Rachel's apartment living room. Oh. What language is it in? Isn't it French? It is French. See, there you go. Nobody, it, nobody, everybody told me that was incredibly hard. No, no, it's one Do you know Mardi what Gras. kind of product it's advertising? Isn't it from Mardi Gras? It's not. What no. is it? It's toys. It's a toy. It's oh, a well, toy it's got a little, ad. well, maybe it's got a little gesture in there somewhere. It's got like a rocking horse looking thing on okay. it. Okay. But I got But French. anyway, yeah. And the, the other one that people didn't get for the friends one that taught me this valuable lesson was what's the color of the couch in Central Perk where they all sit? Orange, red. Uh, Let's Isn't that go. crazy that it doesn't immediately come to you because that's in every fucking episode of Friends? Red? It's orange. Oh, okay, but see, but you also have to imagine most people are somewhat colorblind. So like orange, red. Wait, uh, most people are somewhat colorblind. Yeah, true? Yeah, most people are, because color is a spectrum, like sexuality. So most Wait, people- hang on. I don't think any of this is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, color, a- color is like the color spectrum is a thing. Right. But that doesn't mean- Are you denying that sexuality is a spectrum? That doesn't mean we're all on different parts of the color spectrum like and the see Kinsey colors scale. differently. It's the Kinsey scale. That's not what that means. <laughs> yeah, no, it means we're all on different, you know, <laughs> Like you're red. We're all be- like I see orange and you only see blue and purple. Like yeah. we're all in different parts of the color spectrum. Yeah, like I had this guy I dated in college, for instance, and like his <laughs> No, and his thing was that he couldn't see on like the purple spectrum. So like his parents always told him like these little pants that he wore were like uh dark red, but he wore them and they were like bright purple. And so he went around there were all these pictures of him in like in middle school wearing these bright purple pants that he thought were like dark. Wow. I don't think this is a thing at all. I th- <laughs> the color spectrum is the, the colors are on the spectrum. We're not on the spectrum. We're standing outside looking at the spectrum. No, no, no. There yeah. are, because that's like, a, you know, like there are like the, the colors that we can't see. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. We can't see all the colors. But that's like, because we're on the spectrum. Like, <laughs> I think you're on the spectrum after this conversation. That's not even what that would mean. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know what that That's means. not even what that I tried a thing. I don't even know. Uh, that would mean I would be really good at identifying my colors. It, it doesn't mean anything. It was, I'd be really hardcore about identifying the colors and stuck uh, in this conversation dead in its track to discuss yeah, colors. That's not how, that's not, I don't. Look, I'm Some saying, people are colorblind, but I think, I think colorblind people are colorblind in the same way, aren't they? I mean, who's to say? <laughs> who's a to person say? who's an expert on being colorblind. But like, who's to say? Like, honestly, who do you? How do you know that my blue is the same as your blue? Like, we oh, well, now right now, yes, now now you're getting philosophical about it. like that. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So that central perk color couch could be like orange, or it could be. But red. it would still be whatever you experience as orange, or whatever I experience as orange. I mean, that's just subjective, man. That. It's depending on the spectrum. It depends on what you. <laughs> 
<laughs> depends on where the, you land on the spectrum. All right, fair okay. enough. Okay. Yeah, the Philadelphia spectrum? Yeah. No, That's where the 76ers used to play, folks. Gotcha. Uh, so back to, to back to Shudder. So you have watched- So far, movies. I've only really watched VHS 94. Let's that was discuss. like the first- Oh, and um, I guess Pontypool. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Pontypool was on AMC Plus and Shudder, so it's sort of- We it, need to discuss Pontypool. Sort of strata. Yeah, I will. Pontypool is a movie that, like, since we started hanging out, Drew has been, like, mentioning Pontypool. Like, that's a cool horror, indie horror thing. I like Very indie cool. horror movies. Uh, I, like, two separate times- Got it mixed up with this other British movie with Timothy Spall called Pier Pont or Pier Point. Pier Pont. Pier Point, yes. It's about the last like legal British executioner, like the last person the British government paid to be like an ex- a professional executioner. Okay, that's cool. Timothy Spall. Uh, and so twice now I looked that up and I like, one time I think I started watching it and I got like 10 minutes in. And I'm like, there's no way this was the movie that mm-hmm. Drew was talking about, which is like an indie Canadian horror thing. This is obviously a period British drama. <laughs> what am I doing wrong right. with my life? And I would shut it down and I would like make a mental note like, okay, next time we hang out with Drew. I think one time, did we try to watch it and we just talked through it? That might have happened too. I don't think so. I think we might have tried and it wasn't available or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to track this down. I'm going to remember the title. And then I promptly forgot the title. And like, it was just going on and on like this Mm -hmm. until the other day. And I was just surfing around Amazon Prime looking for other stuff to watch on other channel like oh i should get another channel Mm -hmm. and i saw amc plus pontypool and i was like that's the movie what did you think so pontypool by the way is uh based on a book called pontypool what's it called it's called pontypool changes everything right it's a novel and i think the guy who wrote the novel wrote the script for the movie that makes sense because like well the the book is really weird i tried the book the book was pretty inaccessible like it's written in this way that is very like, hard to read right because it's yeah like the the it, it it's it's like uh the the concept ends up being yeah like there's this language is a virus right there's there's this virus that's turning people into sort of a version of a zombie yeah and uh, they're they're trying to figure out what the cause well, is right the whole movie is in the radio station Which where we're cool. watching the news talk radio guy like as he's hearing reports Stephen and, McCaddy, an yeah, amazing Stephen McCaddy. he's really good and uh you know he's trying to piece together what's happening along with like the two people who are working on the the, the engineers who are working the boards yeah. taking the calls uh and and so you're really only getting their perspective, and it's like that kind of a thing, like the unfolding of a zombie apocalypse, but from this one Highly narrow, limited perspective. Yeah. And uh, it's a good, it's a really good example of like how to do that. Like it reminded me a little bit of the Vast of Night. Yes, that Amazon. Indie, it's like a micro budget kind of yeah, right? Where it's like doing a lot with not with you know, it's mostly just monologues and people talking, and you're kind of using your imagination on the larger scenario. Mm-hmm. It also reminded me of what was the, what's that alien invasion one where they're in the apartment the whole time. Right. Skyline, but I've it's a, be- a better Sky- version of that. Never seen Skyline. Well, Skyline, the interesting thing is they, they ended up making sequels that get like, they made direct-to-video sequels that like really dig into the mythology of it or whatever, but most of the movie is just they're watching the aliens invade the city from a window, you know, out their apartment. There's apparently a spinoff to this called Dreamland that was released in 2020, but verification needed, and then a direct sequel, Pontypool Changes, is an active development. Oh. Oh, oh, that's wow. cool. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that you could do. They they they, they sort of establish yeah, yeah. the groundwork of the mythology in this, but you don't really get a chance to see it play out because it's only these few characters in this one. And then the end goes like in this scenario. weird direction, like the very they watch the very very end of the movie, right? Where yeah. it just suddenly changes to a different. It's almost like Kill Bill, like it changes to a different style of movie, and they're there. You, you mean the post 
credit sequence. Yeah, that was so weird. There's a very weird post credit sequence. I don't know what that that's about. Made me feel like it was some riffing on like where a sequel would go or what the yeah. book like maybe the book has stuff about what happens if they get to leave Pontypool. But there there was like an it felt like a metaverse thing where I was like, yes. oh, this is just an alternate universe because they weren't the same characters. Just it like definitely actors. seems like the way that the movie ends would not lend itself to that future. For yeah, them. it's a post credits. Uh, yeah, they're two different people and they can survive the virus and speak in English but maintaining a system of improvisational role play as the screen shifts from black and white color. Uh, this movie has some of the coolest concepts I've seen in like a zombie film which is yeah like the, the William S. Burroughs language is the virus so that's the, that's the big sort of thing. Yeah and I mean it's 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 like it's, it's well done because it's, it's memes. It's just complicated enough that there's meat to pick on for, for two hours mm-hmm. like it's it's a complicated enough idea that that it doesn't feel overly simplified, but it you but you get it immediately when yeah. they're like, oh, if you say certain words or if you think about certain words, they're infected. They get you're that's how you get infected, and then you you stop making sense, and you increasingly become deranged and not able to make sense and process your thoughts. It's or like whatever. a it's like a mimetic device. It's like a it's like a it's right. Those, it's like almost like I read a lot of SCP stuff, like those kind of like weird. Uh, uh, like creepy pastas that are just specifically in the world of SCPs, which is con- secure control. Uh, was it secure control? Something with a P. And it's like they have all these different monsters, and it's like a unfiction, so everyone contributes to them. But the coolest one is one that is explained not through like the containment procedure, but uh, uh, protect secure contain protect. Uh, it's done entirely through infographic kind of explanations because the monster you realize can like be heard through the written can be like summoned through the written word or by speaking or thinking about it right so like you can only ex- describe the monster and the containment procedures of the monster by thinking about it like in pictorial images right yeah and i like that i like playing around with ideas like that and me- memetic devices play like a big thing in scps and i feel like that is like kind of what this is about it's like the idea that like you can only defeat it by thinking that words mean different things like kill equals kiss right and yeah I really like that. Yeah, it's 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 very clever. And this this idea of like the killer spreads through memes or language or ideas or thoughts or joke like it keeps kind of coming up like it's the internet. I think it makes it a good metaphor for that. Like, like how toxicity and all these evil ideas virally spread online. Unfriended. Right, yeah. and I think that this is like a cool way for us to play about that. So there've been a lot of movies with that kind of like Bye Bye Man, obviously. Oh my the god, Bye Bye Man. The Empty Man also yeah, oh god, yes. is like a cons- conceptual yeah, killer. Yeah, it's like it's like the, like the Tulpa idea, like the idea right. of like a uh, unfiction groups like coming together and putting together their minds. Exactly. To, but I, I specifically like this one because it is verb, or it is like word based, and it is about like mimetic devices. Like we find out like it only works in certain languages if you think. Right. And like what Portuguese or something like it doesn't French. They're they're French. trying to use French. I think yeah, the doctor. They're Canadian because they're French Canadian. Right. Yeah. The doctor I think is yeah, Portuguese or Spanish or something. Um Stephen McCaddy is the main character in Pontypool and he is I think he is Canadian's Willem the Foe. I think he's <laughs> so I've seen him in a lot of different things now most recently Come to Daddy. Come to with, Daddy was a good one. With, with Elijah him, Wood yeah. and him where they're doing that thing back and forth about uh Elton John. Elton, yeah. Like, Reginald. Yeah, well he's pretty right. He's pretending they're both they're both pretending that they're friends with him. Oh my god, that's like also the best Elijah Wood performance I've seen since probably uh I don't think I belong in this world anymore. I don't, I don't feel, feel at, at home. home in this world anymore. Both very like creepy Elijah Wood performances, like creepster 
I like yeah, that him. seems to be how he gets used more these days. Like it's, it's like the like sin, post Sin City, he gets a lot of like weirdo. Roles. It is what he chooses to do, right? Doesn't he have a production studio that? Yeah, is Spectre Vision is like his Spectrovision, and it's all horror, right? Uh, yeah, oh, like, like horror, horror like, and like, like thriller. Yeah, like all indie weird. Like come to daddy, conceptual. Or I don't right. feel at home in this yeah, world. Yeah, horror anymore. thrillers and like you know alternative kind like of like Jeremy Saulnier, Macon Blair, Mason yeah. Blair kind of movies. Exactly those, those guys. But so, like I think uh, they also did um, Open Windows that one he did with Nacho Vigalondo. What? When did he do a movie with Tom Nacho? Oh, you haven't seen Open Windows? Oh my god, I feel like an asshole. Nacho's Open Windows. A- it's one of those movies where it's like the whole thing. You're watching the laptop screen and the whole movie unfolds. Oh, like like that the, on uh, a John persistent Cho movie? laptop screen. Yes. Uh, missing what? was the John Cho movie. Are you sure Nacho did it? When did this come out? I know Nacho did it. Oh uh, no! Open Windows is like 2015, 2016. Oh, you're right, 2014. 2014. There you go. God, I feel like an asshole. It's good. Nacho, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I didn't know about Open Nacho, Windows. Nacho, if you're listening, I watched the movie and I thought it was really good. Nacho likes you. He likes <laughs> you because you do honest trailers. Why He's wouldn't? a big fan. Um. I also didn't know he was, did a VHS thing. So he watched uh, Pontypool and you watched the new VHS. I watched VHS 94, which is the, the only one I hadn't seen. The most the most recent one, which I also think might it might be the best one. It is uh, absolutely. Again, it, no offense to Nacho who did something in VHS viral, but like. Uh, I mean, I it, like all of them. There's, there's at least one or two segments in all of them that I enjoyed. But uh, I'm shaking my head because like no, some of them are just trash. Well, not every segment, but I like. there's at least one segment I like in every VHS movie. I remember the sequel being trash. Part two? That's got the really awesome Timo one from before where it's like oh, the yeah, Indonesian yeah, yeah, yeah. cult. That's, right. oh, that's yeah. like, well, that was like the best sequence until this new one. Which one? The sequence of? It's when they're in the, like they're visiting the, the journalists are visiting the like weird cult compound in Indonesia. And then it like becomes like a satanic, like freak out by the end. Maybe I didn't see that one. Safe Harbor, I think, is Timo's. And it was by, by the same director who did one. It's in the this same one. the same director in did that one in part two, who does the Indonesia set one in the new one. And he's where friends it's with like, the, and he's friends with the raid guys. Yes, where it's like the mad scientist is kidnapping people and turning them into like hybrid mecha, you know, cyborgs. It's so cool. It's really And awesome. I think one of the guys from the raid is or the raid two is in the second one. Yeah, I believe, like, uh, well, because he also did, um, oh, I'm going to blank on The Night Comes for Us, that Netflix movie, which has a lot of the raid actors in it. No, let's see. Uh, Timo, I'm going to butcher his last name, Tajanto or Tajahanto. Oh, we apologize in advance, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, Timo. Um, he's amazing. He's really good. And this- he's the guy who's doing, he's he's what he's doing, um... The Train to Busan, like Train to New York, the U.S. remake of Train to Busan. I didn't know we were getting a U.S. one. I thought we were getting yeah. a sequel. Pete, no, people were so down. People were really down on like the idea of a U.S. remake to Train to Busan, which I get. Like the idea of like you don't need to remake these great foreign horror films. Just watch the original ones. Like the subtitle one is great, uh, and people should watch Train to Busan. But like Timo making an American Train to Busan movie, it's like a bullet train going to New York with zombies. So why, it well, sounds awesome. Like, when would we when that? we get a when would we get one? Oh yeah, wait. So Gareth Evans, Shajanto. This is Shijanto, By the way, Shajanto, uh, Timo, and Gareth Evans both directed that Safe Harbor one. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he also did that one Headshot, which is really awesome. Which one's Headshot? 
it was a it was another one of those Indonesian action movies with Eco Eco Waste, the guy from the Raid stars. Okay, so is Indonesia just making like the best movies outside of John Wick? Dude, this cluster of Indonesian filmmakers is doing more cool shit with action than like yeah most most Americans or anybody else. Really. To the to the point where the John Wick like for John Wick two they hired some of those. Raid. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean like like Indonesia, the Philippines, Korea, like a lot of the best action stuff is coming out. At Hong Kong, obviously. South Korea has some of the best horror. Yeah, when the, did you ever see Villainess from South Korea? Is that by who did that? I feel like that's a very uh, familiar. Who name. directed the Villainess? I'm now you're now you're challenging me. I don't I don't remember that. But the and? the the scene in the most recent John Wick in Chapter Three where they're all on the motorcycles with the swords that's like a riff on a scene from Villainess. It's really awesome. My favorite thing, uh, not to go back for a second, is naming all the Al Pacino movies now. <laughs> and. And, and Jack Two, <laughs> and Central Woman. The, the one, the last one where he enters the whole list, and it's obvious that he's going to be able to keep naming Al Pacino movies, and he probably goes, "Okay, okay, okay." <laughs> it's amazing, so funny. I like think Jack and Jill was the third one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Santa Woman. Santa Yeah. Uh, Young Byung Gil. Okay. Directed the villainous. Good job. Thank and. You. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. And? Uh, um, so you you like VHS 1994. I thought it was I did. I, really I liked loved it. it. I think I like the Simon Barrett one a lot too, which was the wake. The Oh, that was pretty good. The yeah. like wake during the during the storm and Just, then the you know. Oh, I mean I know, thought you know what happens. I think that because that's the guy who wrote your next in the guest with, yeah, with Winger. Brad and Winger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Winger and him both did segments in VHS two, I believe. Uh so Correct. I think this is my favorite VHS movie uh specifically because vhs by concept should have always been vhs 1994 it does work better because it's like, the concept is like it should be it should be vhs tape so like why wouldn't it be from i guess i guess the idea is like in modern times a vhs tape is inherently like there's something weird about it. it's like so out of its time right. and like old and like so why really? would this even exist but it, you're right that there is a net it, it's more natural to do it in 94 when people would have been using VHS or like things. or like the only concept would be for the vhs things is they would all be from 99 all the content right not, but that's always been it's always like they, a person finds a big box of discarded vhs yeah but a tapes. lot yeah but the vhs tapes will have on them like stuff that has been recorded on a computer screen so that's always like never right. like clicked for me like the sequel i see is what all, you're saying like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's this weird mix of like analog concept but then like completely discarding the concept in favor of like just right it was story. always just like the people making it came of age in the vhs era and that's like what we fetishized mm -hmm. and so that's like it becomes that kind of that's the vibe you want to go for yeah but like the aesthetic but it makes more sense in this one and they get to keep the persistent it looks like it was made in the 90s. And the con and themes are the 90s. Like the themes of each story is both yeah. like trenchant to now, but also like the, the one about like the woman who's doing the uh, the news program. She's doing like this, this special segment about right. like the, the sewer monster thing. The Yeah, rat, the rat man. Yeah, and then at the end, she's like, she kind of has like a Ponty Pool moment where she just starts repeating words. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I just really liked how this was going. I really liked how it was going. I was like, this is what VHS always should have been. Why are we ever getting like microcam videos of anyone doing anything? How would that have been transferred to well, a Well, it was the era. It was, it, 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 you know, it was the found footage era and like everybody was trying to do that. Yeah, but like it just doesn't, if you're going to do found footage, just call it DVD. Call it like Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, call yeah. it like Laserdisc. I don't know. GoPro, like, the movie. Go, Because that's what it was. It was a whole right. segment on GoPro. How is that going to be transferred to VHS? I mean, is, am I the only one here? Am I crazy? <laughs> am I Folks. crazy? 
Am I on the spectrum of sign our, sign our change.org petition if you feel the same. If you think that VHS 2 should have just been called Blu-ray. All future VHS movies should be set in the 80s or 90s. That's our contention. Or Well, they could go back. That's true. Like now they could do VHS like 86. Or... I mean, I just really like this movie. The whole thing, the handheld aesthetic, the overarching story. I always thought like not to get too hyper specific in the weeds here but i always felt like the overarching story of vhs was always like pretty lame and flimsy because it was just like yeah. this was a bridge over like it kind of is still less still, so but it's cool less it's so. cool to look at and you're like oh what is going on here yeah it ends up pretty lame but like you're like okay that's cool to look at instead of just being in a dingy room somewhere where like some body is maybe and moving in the background you get this whole like warehouse and like the cops are raiding it and there's like yeah. a creepy cult going over the loudspeakers and you're like, is this like Waco? Is this like? Yeah, that was it was the Knives and Skin uh, director, Jennifer Reeder, who did the, the wraparound stuff. She did XX, right? She did a segment in XX? I think so. But I know she did that 2019 one, Knives and Skin. Which was... What's Knives and Skin? Is that like Knives Out of Skin? It No. It was a, it was a 2019 like indie horror thing. Hmm. Was it, it played, some, played some festivals. We've already talked about... Uh, not like not horror. It was like like a psychological. What's thriller. it about? It's like a girl goes missing in this like small rural town, and then it's just like all following all the people that's in the town. Fa- can I be honest? Like without like calling you out, that's your favorite topic. My favorite topic. Yeah, it's like a girl it's goes. Like, it's just like it's all, that's every true crime thing. It's not my fault. No, no, it's not your fault. I'm it's not writing like... all that shit. That's that's what happens in like ninety percent of shows. You just did that. Like, actually, I want to describe it. You just did that physical thing where somebody feels defensive, so they start moving their jacket. Like, <laughs> like I, hey, yo, oh, uh, no respect at all. I don't yeah. like. I'm, I'm, I'm writing things about girls going missing. No, it's just like your favorite topic. You always bring up girls. I mean, going missing. listen, I, when you kidnap a lot of young ladies, You're you like, want to hear how other people are doing. I it. mean. The, is Big Sky the one that you were talking about before or something? Yes, like? probably. That is about that is about people getting kidnapped. Okay, so I watched a trailer for that. Yeah. Uh, didn't realize it was the same thing because that one has John Carroll Lynch in it. It does. Okay, that sure looks like a comedy. It is not a comedy. It, the, the, the way that it played on this trailer made it look like it's, a quirky. It's, it's mostly a procedural. It's like the, the bit is it is a detective procedural of the kind that would normally be set in a big city. But instead of being in New York or you're following like a Baltimore cop or whatever, you're following these two detectives in rural Montana. And so like all the mysteries are like things happened on a ranch or at a truck stop or like there's a lot of trucker highway. It's based on a novel called The Highway. And like there's an overarching mystery where there is a very dangerous drug cartel that is sort of in this relationship we don't fully understand yet with a human trafficking ring oh god and that's what the the first season the investigation was all about this human trafficking ring and now season two we're investigating this cartel and there's obviously some kind of connection that they're building between these two that we don't understand and yet it's two girl girl detectives two female well yes two female detectives and then in season two one of the two detectives becomes a cop she joins the, the state troopers so Am so I it's now it's one state trooper and one detective. And it's David E. Kelly. David E. Kelly, yes. He's producing it. Okay. Uh, and it's based on a whole series of mystery novels that this guy C.J. Box wrote. And I'll- It's, it's on been, ABC? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's been two seasons, so I'm going to give away the twist at the end of the You've pilot. You've already done that, so don't worry about it. Oh, did I already do that? <laughs> I think so. Well, Go ahead. So the, the, the beginning, they advertised it as starring these two women and Ryan Phillippe, who was going to be the, this dude. And then he gets murdered at the end of the pilot. 
And, oh. that's what, and then his wife is the detective who ends up becoming one oh. of the two women who's investigating the rest of the thing. Good job. So it's a real, like a real shocking twist at the end of the very first episode because you think the way they advertised it and promoted it, you think you're watching this new Ryan Phillippe show. Like there's no indication. Yeah, and everyone's, everyone's down for the new Ryan Phillippe program. Talk about MacGruber. I mean, people are looking for right. the Phillippe McCombs. Well, he, but he was by far the biggest name on the show. So you don't expect them to kill him off. And that's, John Carroll Lynch, who you think is this kindly state trooper who's helping him oh, out, no. is the murderer. Like, that's oh, how the no. first episode ends. Is John Carroll Lynch is this very kindly, like, oh, hey, sure, let me help you out here, buddy. Don't and ever trust the John Shoots Carole- him in the face at the end of the episode, and that's how you find out John Carroll Lynch is the human trafficker. Don't ever, ever trust John Carroll Lynch as far as you can throw him. Yeah, but so- Season two actually introduces, it's now John Carroll Lynch in a dual role as twin brothers. Oh, so That's where this show is going. So that's, it's Chucky. It's, it's, it's wild. Like season one was, he's this evil human trafficker. Season two introduces his brother who is an expert animal trainer who hates his twin brother and wants to use his animal training skills to like bring the human trafficking ring to justice. So I I understand how this is getting pulled off as a quirky comedy when you watch it. The ABC fucking. Well, it is. It's, it's got that David E. Kelly where it's like, it's a drama, but there is just, it's fucking weird and like eccentric and the people in it are eccentric. And so sometimes whole plot lines, whole plot lines, Ally McBeal-esque at times. So there, because he did Ally McBeal. Yeah, okay. So there will be times where like a whole subplot is just like, this is fucking silly. And like, like what? Dumb. Well, like one of the mysteries in season two is there was this drug, cartel drug deal gone wrong. And the drugs and money you know it's it's a little bit like a no country for old men like all the drug dealers killed each other and so this drugs and money were just left there and these kids find it oh no and so the whole season is like the cartel and all the cartel guys think that other cartel guys or other bad dudes in the area are t- t- taking their drugs and they're all starting like a gang war about it and it's just these fucking kids hiding the money and they they're they're in over their heads and they don't know you know so it's like it's goofy and it's also a mystery okay that sounds pretty I good. I don't, I don't, it, it's, it, I'm not like, oh my God, everybody should watch this show. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, like, just, it's just part of like the one of the many programs that you like that are about missing yeah, girls. Yeah, it's just, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I like, I like watching at least one or two like network shows per season. I just yeah. feel like I like keeping my toe in that world. And so like, you prefer like it when the younger girls are going missing or the older <laughs> girls? <laughs> the older girls. It's, uh, you're you're blaming this on me when this is a television in 2021. Absolutely. Problem. Like, Absolutely. So, so many shows are like, I don't even know what half of these shows are going to be about. And then someone there's there's one called uh, Beforeigners. Beforeigners? But it's on HBO. It's from it's a Nordic show. It's from Norway or Sweden. One of it's those. always it's spelled Beforeigners. Like there's a J in there, like Befjordeners. No, it's got a, it's got a like Murgifnergen der Blur in in its home country. No it's called guys. Beforeigners for us. Okay, that's a great uh, name, by the way. Great like, name. Because they're well, this is the setup. So the idea is all throughout human history, uh, for we don't know why, inexplicably, people are being blipped out of their own time, and then they just like reappear today in Stockholm or Oslo. So it's Oslo. So okay. it's Norway. Uh, so like. The people of Oslo just suddenly are like, there's like cavemen and Vikings and like just historical people just like there. So does that mean that it changes the timeline as it, oh, whatever. No, no. Said? So they're, what they're doing is it, they're treating it, they made it like an immigration analogy. So okay. it's like now people in modern Oslo are like, 
what do we do with all these fucking Vikings? Like we got to have these stone age people living with us. And it's about how they like assimilate into modern society. It's like come from away, but it's like come from right. a time away. It's exactly that. And, and, and so I watched the first episode thinking, oh, that's a cool, fun social commentary type setup. I wonder what zany stuff they do. And it's a procedure, like immediately it becomes a procedural about like dead girl and the cops have to figure it out. And it's like, this dead girl's from another time, oh you my know? God. And, uh, and then season two, it's like, they think Jack the Ripper has come into modern times. Oh, has now he? He's, I don't know. I haven't watching it. But mm-hmm. now he's killing women. And so it's just like, no matter how outlandish the scenario, if you watch a lot of these shows, it does end up becoming, well, yeah. dead girl in the woods. There's so many dead girls in the woods. Uh, Dark was not like that. Dark, Dark was not. Dark did a good job of, of evade. Like, I'm, at this point, I develop a begrudging respect for a show that manages to do a mystery and it's not just woman missing woman dead i yeah that first of all there's a boy missing in that second of all uh, i haven't watched the second or third season i remember getting really down on i'm not down like down like positive down with uh dark the first season it was so good but i i had to keep a board i had to keep like a board of people's faces and like they're this this felt weird because i don't Go ahead. I don't want to offend German people. Go <laughs> off, Lon. Go. I sort of felt like if Dark was an English language show from America, I would have been able to keep everybody apart. But the fact that for whatever reason, the fact that I was reading subtitles while I was watching it and it was in German, I couldn't ever tell who was supposed to be the adult version of who. Well, also, I was constantly getting mixed up. If we didn't know this in America, like they'd be played by character actors who we would never right. recognize. I feel like that's what it was. Like it, it was just like I'd be like, oh, well, that's Rob Corddry. And, that, yeah. you know, like I would I would know them by that's face. Stephen McCaddy. Right. And- <laughs> but it was something about the fact that I just like I don't recognize these German actors mm-hmm. or I'm reading part of the time. So I'm not studying their faces as much, whatever. I don't know, but it was a real, like it, it got better over the course of the show. Like, by, the, people, by season three, I didn't have this problem anymore. So you've watched all of it. Yeah, I've, I, I've, I've finished. it. I have not finished it. Did, did it stay good? I remember like the second season as I'd seen it was very good. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it does. I don't, I like, I think, I think I enjoyed season one the most, but it also had that, like, it was new and it was different and I was just enjoying it. Like, I think it's worth watching the whole thing. If anyone hasn't seen Dark Hero, let me just explain the premise pretty much. Uh, aesthetically, it's just basically Stranger Things set in Germany or right. like it chapter one. It's a lot of, there's a lot of those, like, it's a, it's a small town. You get to know a lot of people in the town and it's on the edge of this like mysterious dark woods. woods. Yeah. And everyone in town has like some secret, some, somebody sleeping, sometimes in the seizures. sleeping. My, here's my contention. I've argued this before. I think that in, in their own ways, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Twin Peaks were the two most influential shows of the 1990s. I agree. Cause I think with Twin Peaks, especially like to me, all these various shows of like weird town. You get to know all the weird townspeople on the edge of this dark, mysterious woods of mystery. They're all kind of just repeating the Twin Peaks play. Uh, they always were. Like, I mean, I think most people will admit, most showrunners will admit that Twin Peaks is like the template for right. Like, modern there's television. so many of those shows now where it's like. The woods holds a secret. None of these people are really. Talking you could argue. About it, you could but... argue the dead girl thing, like the, the right. The oh, whole yeah, dead all... girl thing is like a Twin Peaks like concept, about... like the overarching dead girl. Right. The overarching dead girl. It's a good name for like a book about this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Do you remember that, that Nick Kroll, Kroll show? Sketch, yeah, yeah. Dead Girl Town? Uh, wait, right no, I don't remember Dead Girl Town. It was called it was it was called Dead Girl. It was the only like I think you saw like two promos for whatever, and he's just like a cop who solves cases involving dead girls. And the, and every <laughs> Your he, favorite topic. He Lon. was related to like eight women who all got murdered. I mean, so. like, wasn't this one about the doctor, like the the vet uh plastic surgeon who murdered his wife, possibly? That was like a whole running thing. Like the Oh, right. Uh yeah, Doctor I wanna say Doctor Son, but it's not No, there. it's uh he, right. You're, yes, Kroll Show had a recurring bit about a plastic surgeon who has his own reality show. A dog plaques And, he's, and he's accused of, right, Yes. Uh, but no, this was just like, you know, they'd be like, Fridays on NBC, a new episode of Dead Girl Town. It's just him showing up at a crime scene like, oh, look at that. Another dead girl. <laughs> this really must smoke to you. Really this is really smoke to you. And Buffy, I mean, arguably also a show about dead girls. Well, that, the Buffy thing is, it's like, we're going to do every week, we're going to do our normal teen high school comedy drama and keep that plot line going. And then we're also going to have monster of the week, mystery, like overarching season long, supernatural stuff. And that's like bit that's every, that's every show for younger people. Now that's stranger things. That's uh, supernatural, supernatural. That's like, like literally like Riverdale. Riverdale and Sabrina. Like that became the template for literally all. I think Riverdale is, I only watched a couple of the first season episodes, but it really is just Buffy meets Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. and what that is. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Hundo percent. But speaking of things that uh, made us happy in television and might have something to do with both Twin Peaks and Buffy, arguably, uh, is the throwback to another thing that's come out. You know that I how I feel about this, folks. If you've been listening to anything that I ever did, but uh, Chucky, you finally got around to seeing Chucky. I did. Should we? T- is this where we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. We will be right back and talk about Chucky, Chucky. and then somebody do the laugh. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> back and you can't you can't see it folks but i'm wearing a spirit hood which is a hood of a panda with these little armholes yeah it's well it's yeah it's like it's like a panda hat but it has two like paws coming down from the hat this thing is so old but i realized uh bringing it back from my mother's house in delaware going to the airport with it on I look like a cousin of the the Q shaman. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a, it's little, a little Q, Q shaman. If you had gone to the January sixth insurrection, you could have worn this. Yes, like, this but like, would have been adorable. This would have been cute January sixth apparel. Yeah, I'm super comfy too. It's if just, you're hmm. like you hate the, the government, but you want to be cozy, and also like you're too stupid to breed, so you just eat a lot of bamboo shoots. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly, folks. Uh, so yeah, let's let's. How do they eat bamboo? How does anything eat bamboo? You just it like seems... gnaw on it, like. But you... it's like it's like wood. Yeah. Well, how do anteaters ant eat ant? I mean, not anteaters. Anteaters do... eat 
ants, baby. How did <laughs> how did anteaters eat termite if all of the termites ate were wood? Uh, what? I'm, okay, I'm I'm lost. Okay, now. I like wait, beavers eat wood, right? No, they, well, no, they, they chew on it to make their dams, and that or makes whatever. sense because I used to eat paper a lot. So like I had like pika for a while, where I just like ate things that were non nutritional in value because wow. I had, like some sort of deficiency. Wait, is pika chew named after kids with pika? No. No, it's, it's not. Is because that... Pikachu doesn't eat things. That's and not he's his a, thing. He's Japanese. They're yeah. different, different words for that. Yeah. It's, uh, in, Pokemon in are pocket monsters. Like. Oh, I see. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so on to a, a relevant topic about marketing to kids. Uh, we got Don. I was going to say Don Cheadle's. No, Don, Don Mancini. Don Mancini's. Yeah. Chucky. It's interesting you would say marketing kids because this did feel very much to me like a children, like a show that would be made for younger viewers. This is made for younger viewers. Except brutally murderous and violent. But how is that different again than Riverdale or Buffy or? Well, but those shows are, those, those shows are, it's, 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 it's a, it's a subtle difference, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's a lot of shows that are young, low people in their early 20s playing teens and it's aimed at a teen and maybe even a little younger like a tween audience this show was like gossip like gossip girl or riverdale or that kind of stuff this show they are i'm here with you they are legitimate 13 and 14 year old actors like the cast is not older they're playing their ages okay is that true because i was that is true i looked them up i looked a few of them up because i was was like why are they in middle school i was was so weird perplexed by this they are they are maybe like freshmen or or sophomores in high school age playing junior high kids so like they're they're playing about their age but the decision and i, I do want to harp on this because you noticed it so i'm glad i'm not alone oh it's, the decision to make the middle schoolers makes no sense within the narrative context of the show well, you, like, you don't like already they're too old to just be unironically playing with a chucky doll yeah. so you've already made the decision to be like it's a kid who's like a weird artsy kid and he's collecting these dolls to make art out of them not just because he loves dolls yeah once you're going to make that leap, you could make them a teen. You could make them any age you want. And you kind of need them to be any age you want because these kids go to a school that it seemingly has parties, that has like drinking. Yeah. I mean, it's just not a middle school dynamic I, at all. I, I get it on one level because they obvious, it, it was obvious early on in the development of the show that they wanted to do this thing about uh, being sex positive and about discovering who you are and being cool with who you are and like people like gender fluid right a coming of age story about like modern kids discovering who they are in those ways and like i get that and that you would have to make like it would be they're too old by the time they're 16 or 17 those kids know if they're gay make them 13 14 but in freshman year of high school that's all i'm asking it it's 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 it lends it all a weird dynamic and there are times where the show itself feels young like it feels like an iCarly type show or a high school musical type show that would be geared towards those age you're right but then somebody will get brutally like hacked to death and it's like oh so this is for this is r like it's for 17 or and like up. the Dorf storyline you're just like whoa okay like yeah, the like, way that ended like was fucking so dark that i was like i don't like it it's I was like, so fucking dark and like i was a human nugget like i hated that. i was really i like uh, uh, like i enjoyed the show yeah but I was also a little unsettled by this. I like, was I was very upset. It, feel, by it doesn't really feel like we often get horror content that is geared to audiences this young. Yeah. 
Like usually when you get horror content that's geared towards really young audiences, it's, it's got like that, a, it's like the it's new Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or that that house with the clock in its walls that Jack Black did, which I thought was did you see that? It was wasn't that, wasn't good. that also uh, uh, the guy? Wasn't that also the guy who did Goosebumps? No, that's based on a John Belair's book. Did okay. you read John Belair's? I guess, I guess just Jack Black playing. Both. Yeah, there. John Belair's was a guy who used to write like gothic, creepy horror for kids that I loved when I was a kid, and that's part of a whole series that he did. Okay, and I thought they did a really good job. It might be the Goosebumps director, and it came out right after. It was obviously and he, well, he also plays the Goosebumps. Right, guy, it was so. obviously supposed to be. Hey, if you liked Goosebumps, here's another Goosebumps. Bumps-esque sort of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. Kate Blanchett's in it too. It's really well done. Yeah. Anyway, that's the kind like where it's spooky, but it's not like gory. Yeah. Um. And there's a new one that I think that's by also by the same. What's the Goosebumps guy name? R.L. Stein is the writer. Yeah. Yeah. R. yeah R. Just Beyond is the Disney Plus show. Yes, where it's like a little girl and she's. He also the wrote witch. the books that inspired Fear Street. The which was also too much. The right that was that but that was that was very much playing for the slasher crowd and that was like. We're the next big slasher. So like, okay. Yeah, but they were young. It was weird. They were pretty young, but teens, I mean, Friday the 13th movies are about teens getting hacked I guess maybe when they're 20-somethings playing teens and it looks like one way, then you're like, I can understand it. Their sexuality is being this big thing. When they look like they're genuinely 15 and 14. Like the problem I had with Chucky mostly, and I really did love the show. I thought like Brad Yeah, I don't don't mean this is like a reason not to watch. It was just, it was an odd aspect of it. Yeah, this is is like our salty popcorn. Like, we're just going to go off on a thing I really (laughs) like. But uh, here's... Here's the thing, like, I had this moment during the show where I was like, I'm so glad this show is sex positive and queer friendly. I was like, do I want to see kids this young kissing? I guess at a certain point, I was like, I don't, I feel like it's appropriate. We should be teaching our kids this. Yes. But like at a certain point, I feel like I shouldn't be watching children this young hooking up because it feels a little like voyeuristically gross. It's it's a little odd. I mean, mainly, here's another weird thing, by the way, that I'm just going to throw out. So there's... Uh, one of the, the, the actress who this struck me the most about, she's playing a character named Lexi Cross. She's the worst Her name's person. Olivia Allen Lind. She's 14. The real actress is 14. Oh, okay. The blonde. You know what I'm talking about. Lexi. Oh, yeah, she, she starts out the show as literally the she's, worst character. She's very mean. She's the bully in the beginning, and then she becomes part of like the core crew by the end. Yeah. Her mom is actually her, like the woman playing her she's mom in something. the show is her real mom. Yeah, and she and Barbara mom, Allen Woods, and she's from something. Yes, uh, her mom was Barbara Allen Woods, who's from like a bunch of like old horror stuff or whatever. Or was it also uh, Junior's mom was from something? She's from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, One Tree Hill. She was in a bunch of stuff. Okay, mom, the mom. Okay, Junior's mom is also was somebody who's like in a slasher film. Yes, yeah, I think so. But anyway, like so, but so that's that's even weirder. It's like her mom is like her mom in the show, and she's, she's like obviously there, like it was a positive set to be on. Like these kids aren't. Oh yeah, Fiona and Brad Dorf. Traumatized, like yeah, it's it's such a positive thing on one level, and it seems so inclusive and like it's like a a little bit of Ryan Murphy ish, but like it's like like Junior. There's there's like a warmth to the show and the project, despite the fact that it is horrifying. Like it is really troubling. Well, and and in spots, yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like this this push pull between it because that that Fiona Dorf thing at the end was like a, a like a a bad chord. I feel like of like an otherwise perfect like perfectly in melody set like that. Ending with Fiona Dorf like losing her arms and legs. Yeah. It was just like I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like. Like I just was like had a visceral like I don't like that. It's it's totally it's it's a weird tonal balance the whole show because I feel like that's the sort of thing that in a child's play movie would happen. But this show feels it's almost too hardcore for child's play because it's not like Chucky would do that. Chucky doesn't torture. He's not like a he's not like a bind rape uh, eh, kill right. guy. It's true. There, there's a playfulness to the entire Chucky franchise, but. 
I, I don't know. Like, I could almost see that in an R-rated Child's Play movie. I could see something like that happening. But, but in, the Chucky world is In different. this world, which feels like it just should be a little bit more, like, muted. I don't I don't know. It feels like, again, like, it feels like like they there's, you know, he worked on Hannibal, Don Mancini. And in yeah. uh, Ch- uh, Cult of Chucky, there's actually a really good line where he's like, he says something about, like, the therapist being whack. He's like, you know, he's like, worse than Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Worse than Hannibal. He goes, God, I missed that show. And, like, Cult of Chucky, even though it has a tone that is darker than, like, the other Chucky movies, feels like more sort of like in line with that i feel like this is sort of like he's taking a couple things from ryan murphy from the uh hannibal show like and it's sort of applying yeah. the darkest glaze to an otherwise pretty tongue-in-cheek pretty self-aware like what you call like a meta show like yeah. it's a show where chucky is aware of his himself and he's like i got a yeah i got a queer son Jared, yeah, queer kid, Jenny right. Floyd. i mean the whole series is kind of now playing that same game with us of like the scream thing of like you know how like Jennifer Tilly is playing Jennifer actress Jennifer Tilly and yeah. you know like uh and I and I like that and I think that lets them get away with a lot I just think it they don't they don't nail it 100% of the time in the show I think they I think the temptation to make it a little bit too gruesome and a little bit too like B movie. Yeah. And it's like, that's just not the vibe you're bringing to the TV version. Like I really, maybe that's the vibe you're bringing to the movie. I really do love like the, the concepts of it though. I really love the idea that like Chucky is sort of like nurturing or sort of mentoring yeah. this kid. And this Chucky is a queer, positive, woke, like doll, evil killing doll. Well, that's interesting too. Cause I, I, well, he's I, I pretending to be, he's right. pretending he's, to be. He's, he's, Cause he's kind of faking it. Like, like well, he does have a queer child. He does, but he is, he is using, Hey man, I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm the cool guy. Yeah, like, I'm the cool murdering doll. Right. Cause he wants to get something out of him. He's, yeah. he's, he's playing him. He, he's not really, Eleventh hour he doesn't really want to be the, these kids friends to the end. He just wants them to, to kill for him. But, yeah, weird 11th hour reveal, though, about, like, that whole subplot. I was like, that's sort of, what? That also feels like something that you would find in a child's play movie that felt a little weirdly at odds with the show. But I, yeah. I oh, these are, these are, these are kind of quibbles here and there. I, no, I no, mostly, but go on, go on, I mostly, go on. I mostly enjoyed it. Devin Sawa, great to see him back Fun in the Fun to mix. see Devin Sawa. I mean, obviously getting, you know, getting Brad and Fiona Duroff involved was really fun. I liked how they, how much, I didn't think they would work in Jennifer Tilly this much. Oh, I sort of great. thought it would be more like a... One episode, like cameo. The, like the Andy thing? Like yeah, the like, right. I thought it would be more like that. And I that was good. That was the one thing I was leading to is I, I think the one thing you really have to respect Don Mancini for mm-hmm. is that he doesn't, there's no retconning. There's no, never. No, there's forget never been... this. We're cutting out. Child's Play 3 didn't happen in this world or ignore this. We're going to no. jump back in time. It's everything that has ever been in any Child's Play movie is fucking fair game. Yeah. And it's all canon. It's all canon. Everything happened. And like, that's, Everything happened. I love that about it. That's so cool, and it is such a reward for for fans who pay close attention. And when you do notice stuff that they're paying off from old episodes, it's really neat. The, and, one, uh, the one thing I noticed that, that bothered me after having done the whole rewatch is the guy who plays the therapist in Cold of Chucky is also Lexi's dad. And I was right. like, "Where's the reveal? Hang that's on, a, yeah, yeah. No, right. where's and the reveal of that guy? Not always that, but like plot wise." Nothing is out of bounds. No, everything nothing. is acceptable. Not that, but like everything is used. It's like yeah. leave no part of this right. like steer like unused. Like they just they use the heart. They use yeah, so, you know. and, and it's and it's it is really wonderful. And his his own dedication to every dumb idea he's ever had gets <laughs> continues to be baked in. Yeah, is, and that, his loyalty to the actors too. Yeah, like, this it's is really like a, it's really nice. And it I I think that we're we're way too eager to do that now 
to like throw away the history of these franchises oh, yeah. well, and be I, like, no, yeah. like Netflix is doing that with Texas Chainsaw again. And it's like, how many fucking times you Texas do Chainsaw, that? Uh, you got to almost respect that in a certain way, though, because Texas Chainsaw has never been internally consistent no, throughout any not, fucking No one. two movies have ever told one linear Texas Chainsaw <laughs> no, story. No, no. Every single one has gone back to the drawing yeah. board and recreated a timeline. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, you know, like I, I sometimes get like, obviously, you know, Friday the 13th, like, what are you going to do after Jason X? You kind of have to go back. Like, you can't have a world in which Jason X happened and now he's just back in the camp. Also, what the, like, if you did, that would take place so far in the future. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sometimes I get it where it's just like they they went so crazy, but other times it just it just bugs me. Where like Halloween. Like, like Halloween, kind of. Well, no, Halloween also is like, well, well what are you going to do now? It went batshit insane. But I'm, I mean, I'm bored by what they're doing with Halloween. I mean, Halloween is boring. It's just a dude. It's just an old dude. I mean, dude. I don't think the first... I, th- I like Halloween. I like Halloween 2. Season of Witch is fun. People, I love Season of the Witch. People go crazy for it. I it's love like, it. I, I, lo- I like it. I like a lot of like... It's just... It's 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 so like of its era and it's so like not really that exciting. Like I it's it's good. It's fun. I enjoy watching it. But it's just such a weird one off. It's weird that that of all of all like the random ass B horror movies of its era that that's the one that everybody seized on that they love. I think it's just like a, a backlash to a backlash. Yes, I think or- that that's probably part of it is that you've heard notoriously it was supposed to be so bad. And you go back and you watch it, you're like, oh, this isn't bad. It's just what's great about it is just it's not Michael Myers. It's just like a horror movie that has nothing to do with uh, Halloween. Yeah. Exactly. It's a Connell Cochran. Connell Cochran? <laughs> he's, the, like, he's the bad guy at the end. Like, oh, the best kind of prank. A prank on the children. Like, you know, the guy who's the guy behind the shamrock mask. Yeah, the shamrock mask. Yeah. I, there's one great line in that movie that's something like, and they're like, what the Irish doing Halloween? What's next? And it's like, something like, yeah, okay. it's like, wait, right, because he's Connell Cochran is the is the CEO but it's also of like Shamrock the, Mask. Yeah, Shamrock like. Mask, but like Silver Shamrock or something. Silver Shamrock, there you go. But like, why is the, the Irish notoriously do not do Halloween? Is that something that is that a stereotype I that I did not know about? I don't, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like the Irish, the Irish doing Halloween masks. What's next? And you're like, oh, this is about to get. I kind of feel like it's like. Ireland probably contributed some stuff to our Halloween isn't that mythology, exactly, right? Isn't that exactly where we got Halloween from? Like yeah, whole, like, like, I feel like it would be kind of their their bag. That sounds like them. Who right? do you think like blew up the witches? Right, or, like, that's what it is. Fire. Like, you like, know, that's Irish. I don't, I don't actually know. I, I'm sure some of it's like pagan but stuff. But pagans and... in Ireland, isn't right. it? Well, some. Stonehenge. There were, there were pagans from all over. Stonehenge. Like there were pagans from Ireland, but what they I'm saying is exclusively to Ireland. The Stonehenge, along what I'm trying to Druids. tell you, Druids. You're thinking of the Druids. I'm thinking of the Druish princesses. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I'm thinking is nobody knows who they were well, or what they were doing there. <laughs> what I'm thinking of is Druids, uh, Stonehenge, <laughs> and the fact that Stonehenge is actually made up of a bunch of tiny microchips. Uh, what? What? That's part of that's part of Halloween Three: Season of the Witches. Like they're getting those little oh, yeah, microchips yeah, from right. yes. Stonehenge. He's got a piece of Stonehenge in his lab at the end. Yeah, because yes. it's it's what makes microchips. Well, happen. I think that also ties in. It must have been a Halloween thing because that's like the cult of thorns stuff. Yes, the like, cult of thorn is there. The druid it's cult. always Samhain and druid stuff. And yeah, no, that, that's how they tied in season of the witch. Right. That's how they did it. Uh, but but back to Sharky. Whatever they uh, that's voodoo. That's just straight right. Up. Yes, he's, he's got a voodoo voodoo god that he worships, yeah. and he like he worships the way that's it's very um. Practical. Give me the power, I beg of yeah, you. Yeah, Bumdala. Yeah, right. Uh, like it's it's real funny how he uses Bum 
Dollar Bambala, whatever it is. I'm looking up. Uh, he's he's very practical about it. Like Chucky, who is a like a a doll with the mind of a serial killer who has made a choice long ago or like a couple decades ago that he just wants to stay a doll. Uh, even though he's also in the body of Fiona yeah. Dorf, it gets confusing. Dumbala, the sky god Dumbala. Dumbala. But like he seems to have this weird sort of passing respect for Dumbala, where at some points he's like, How dare you disrespect my Dumbala? But it's like, I don't feel like Chucky uh worships anything. I don't feel like he thinks there well, is it's a god. Again, it's like what I was saying. Like he's a he's a manipulator. Like yeah. he's a very effective user and he's happy to use the power of Dumbala to transfer his soul. But right, it it, it doesn't strike you as somebody who's like deeply spiritual about voodoo. Yeah, he's like, are you wondering how I'm so strong? It's the power of Dumbala. And you're like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like you think that's like the power of like Home Depot. You know, it's just like whatever, whatever's around. Yeah. I do like how over the course of the series, Chucky has transformed into like a literal psychological profile, like unsub, like mind hunter thing. Like I can tell you what kind of serial killer Chucky was. Charles Lee Ray. Charles yeah. Lee Ray. Like yeah. I the can Lake tell Shore you. Lakeshore Strangler. Yeah, although it turns out he did not he like to strangle really, them. really strangled, yeah. Love that. One of my favorite <laughs> lines. I was like, finally, we're addressing that. Not big strangling. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you exactly what kind of, like, uh, like serial killer he was. Like, he was, he fits perfectly in that 70s archetype of, like, Bundy right. or Gacy or, you know, he was, like, he was an overt, like, extrovert who who, who was a little bit weird and, right. like, was a narcissist and thinks he's very smart, but his IQ is only like maybe a little bit more intelligent than the average person. And yeah, can I can I also say this? This is a thing that is becoming increasingly used, and it like it, it's in Venom. Let there be carnage as well, where they're they're very obviously dubbing a a lookalike actor with somebody else's voice. What's annoying? I hate that so much. Like they I did it with Jennifer it. Tilly a bunch in this. Oh, like they, they did do it with, it with Fiona and Brad Dourif. That she's... one I more get and it like because they are actually related and they look very much alike, it matches a little bit better. Oh, I thought it was so noticeable. The I was Jennifer like, oh. Tilly, her voice just doesn't match the woman they've cast as young Jennifer. It's not that thing. it's not a good pro- it does look like young Jennifer Tilly. But here's the thing, like we know that Fiona Dorf can sound like Brad Dorf. Her laugh just by coincidence sounds like Chucky laugh like we just know this like yeah and when she's not when she's pretending to or when she's acting as if she's chucky she sounds just like him like why not just let her do that like he I, I agree i mean i would have i would have just let the actors do it no matter what it's always distracting but it's really distracting from the jennifer tilly character and it's immediately noticeable it's not like you're fooling anybody he and was noticeable they too. did it again in the in the opening scene of uh venom 2 is woody harrelson young actor playing young woody harrelson but it's very obviously crotchety old man Woody Harrelson's voice coming out. Of I've him. noticed. I have the same. God, Lon, we are so similar. I have the same <laughs> exact issue. And when I was watching the Honest trailer for Let There Be Carnage, I hadn't seen the movie yet. I was just like, Yeah, what's with that voice? Yeah, like no, all of us I think had it in our notes of like, why would you just let you you found an actor who looks like a young Woody Harrelson, just have him do his own approximation of the voice, or hire some guy who. Or finding a, the next best looking guy who can do a Woody Harrelson voice. Yeah. How hard is it to do a Woody Harrelson voice? I feel like- Well, he's a- doing a voice. Like, he's he's doing a voice as Cletus Cassidy. So is he? To- is he making a decision there? Yeah, he's making a choice. It's like a little rednecky thing he's putting. He's putting a little pepper on it. So you're telling me someone can't do an impression of Woody Harrelson doing a redneck? No, I, they absolutely could. I think you need to- you're, you're looking to cast the guy who looks the most like young Woody Harrelson- 
who can also sound a bit like Cletus Cassidy. Quite honestly, I don't think he needs to look that much like Woody, the young Woody Harrelson. I think we'll get it. I mean, if you put him in a in the wig, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, you'll you'll pull it off. Just get somebody who's. I feel like it's the Russ Marquand thing. Like, just find somebody who sounds enough yeah. like him, and they will start to. Our, your brains will necessarily start to and make it, them resemble. And it's like you're making Venom. Let there be carnage. Like, does it fucking matter? Like, if it doesn't look exactly like young Woody Harrelson, are we going to be like, no, wait a minute, I don't think this is yeah, quite believable. We, we understand the concept of yeah. Like, it's like, I are, know that you shot this all at the same time. Like, you're not fooling me. Like, we don't think this movie is, let, let's be clear, we don't think this movie is a documentary. I'd like to be clear that I didn't think Venom Let There Be Carnage was uh, based on a true story. I, I knew I knew that they were taking- Even if it was based on a true story, you could still get other actors. I knew that they were taking some creative licenses with the story of Venom and Carnage <laughs> fighting in Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. I haven't seen this movie yet, but I- Oh my I mean, God, it's so good. I loved it. I, it's, it, it really was, is. It's my favorite- I, people got so mad at me when I tweeted this. Yeah. So people are still yelling at me on this tweet. Uh, it's my favorite comic book movie of this year. Like no other comic book movie this year. I didn't see Eternals, folks. Oh, well, Eternals so, is uh, the opposite, I think, of Let Take Run. Take Eternals out. I did not see that. Maybe that would be my favorite comic I book movie I don't think so. I, I don't like think he... so either. <laughs> Maybe it would be if I saw it. I saw all the other ones. And Venom Two was my was my favorite. Better than Spider Man is doing. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't hate the Spider Man movie. I like Spider Man. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was fun. I, I thought it was my it. second favorite Spider Man after Spider Verse. I I thought it was a pretty good MCU like action comedy movie. Like I don't I'm I'm at the point in my life now where like. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina and that stuff showing up was cool. I was like, oh, it's fun to see those guys again. I like Willem Dafoe as an actor. And I thought Willem Dafoe was really good. And I thought Marissa Tomei was really good. And like, I enjoyed it. But I don't, I just don't have that part of my brain that gets that excited when it's like a guy from a movie before meets a guy from a movie today. Like, I don't, it's just, it's just guys. Were you you in a theater that like was everyone got a sinning ovation except for one character? Every, literally everyone except no Risa Fons got it. I know. You, no way. I know Risa in your Fons. theater, Risa Fons did not get a Two reaction. Two theaters, Risa Fons did not get a reaction. I saw Risa Fons get a big reaction to both the the lizard and then real man Risa Fons. No way. Was there a, a, a like a yelling happy people, reaction? People got fired up. I saw it at the at the first showing at the at the Chinese. It was not my choice. A bunch of fandom people got tickets, and right. so a bunch of us got to go. As long as you've clarified that you didn't want. Ago. No, I wanted to go, but I would I would never have braved that crowd on my own. It was okay. like tickets were purchased for me. Like I didn't have to worry about the logistics. I just showed up. Okay. Uh and they were going ape shit. And and look, look, I don't mean to I'm not one of those no, people who's like go I don't mean to come down on them. Like I get it. It was the first show, the first day, it's opening day, people are hyped. I, I don't begrudge anyone go ahead. having yeah, you do. a good time at the movies. Uh, I was I was astounded by the amount of stuff that got a pop from the audience, like everything, like like Willem Dafoe saying I'm something of a that was the best part of the movie. That was the best part of the movie. I mean, it's it's you know like that meme. Like every time there was a you know like that thing moment, people went fucking nuts. And like I fully admit, I'm just I don't have that. Like I don't. I knew that the movie was going to do a lot of these references. Some I didn't know, Mm -hmm. but. It, which, it which always, ones did you not know? Did you not know the pointing? I got the pointing one. Um, I'm now I'm trying to think if there was stuff I actually didn't know. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Oh, oh, there was 
Uh, I guess should we avoid spoilers or does it not matter? Uh, spoilers. spoilers for the movie that you've definitely seen. If you're listening to this podcast, you've seen Spider-Man. Yeah, so okay. like, blah. I did not. I mean, I suspected maybe Venom would be in it because there's a tease in Venom too. But yeah, there was a tease. Yeah, there. Was I didn't know that context. So that that was a fun. That was a fun thing. Obviously, there's a big dramatic thing that happens that I didn't know was going to happen in terms oh, of I just that, the but, plot of the movie. Oh gosh, when that when she when the line was said, I was like, oh no. Yeah. I just started slowing down in motion, and then the uh, movie. Started. And then and there were there were things I thought were going to happen that, that didn't like what uh, the, the like i thought that there was going to be a big doctor strange reveal that oh that yeah was not oh the it's doctor not. strange that we thought it's not i still feel like that might be that might be. I, it is 100 percent the case and even if it is the doctor strange that we think it's still not the good doctor strange like this guy is awful it's like, something, worst something, character i've yeah, ever seen all. but i just mean like whether or not i figured it was going to be in the movie or not or or you know whatever uh i just it's not it's not that exciting for me it's just like well yeah like I know, I know all of these people are around town and like they might want to show up for a day or two. Yeah, or, what's, what's Thomas Hayden Church doing? Yeah, what's, like, you know, I, right. It's like, it, it's it's cool and it's fun that they did that, but very little in that way is able to shock me anymore. Like movies have been doing this for a while now. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like Thomas Hayden Church got this huge, huge fucking, huge. and people acted like it was some fucking thing. And I was like, Thomas Hayden Church is not doing shit with his life. Like yeah. he's not got- Well, like you guys don't like that movie. Like You, that, you don't like him in it. That Spider-Man 3 movie is not- not people we made fun of it until pretty recently well, i think we're still making fun of it aren't we no i don't think honestly oh, i think this is another fascinating thing that is just like has changed about the culture okay. and kind of makes me go leaves, off leaves me behind is uh we're like we're doing this thing now where this movie retroactively makes the other spider-man movies good like like until a few weeks ago i felt very solid making an amazing spider-man 2 sucks joke yeah and i, I couldn't anymore because now people like it again uh, even people though- are demanding Amazing Spider-Man three starring Andrew Garfield on Twitter right now. But like, and I, I, I mean, my my theory on it is that it's because people view like what's nostalgia culture. Well, I mean, sure, everything more than five years old is just misunderstood. It wasn't bad, but there's yeah, like, also like 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 uh, like Darth Vader. Well, all of it, like every everything. I if know. It, if it makes it to five years, we we go back and we decide actually that was great. Yeah, we, we just didn't get it at the time. Yep. Um, but it's, it's, it, there, there is also this thing. I feel like it's part of the, you know, like, I think we've talked about this before, like what social media did to discussing movies. Yeah. 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 So people online are saying the amazing Spider-Man three needs to become the next Snyder cut movement. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like people are losing their minds. And I think that no. it's, it's, and I think part of it is it's, and I've talked about this before. It's like, Social media like locks us in. It like every everybody thinks they're going to movie court now. Yeah, and like movie once you court. yeah once, they're wearing the barrister wig. Like yeah, like once you put your opinion on Twitter, you're like attached to it, and you're like mm-hmm. now you're now you're emotionally connected to the statement of that opinion. Mm-hmm. And so every time you discuss the movie from then on, you're not just talking about it. You're like building your case you know you're like you're like a you're like, detective you're yeah like, you're, you're like, like you're like filing evidence cards away like you're preparing for some great debate about the goodness or badness of the movie and as somebody who was actually on a debate show about movies uh you can probably speak to the fact that once it's over like we're not gonna be talking about this anymore. this was this was a big reason why i wanted to stop doing movie fights really like, people loved movie fights and i like it was it was never my favorite way to talk about movies like it's to fight about them but that's surprising to me like I, I mean, I like because I like you know debating or arguing or whatever, but but 
Only when other people don't know and have not come prepared. That's not true. It's not. It's just. It's. It's. I. I think. I don't. I want it to be free ranging. I don't want to get locked into like I have to spend the entire oh, argument right, right. making this one point, and you and have to spend. You have to spend your entire time making this one point back at me, and it ends up just becoming like back and forth, and like I. I'm just not that interested in that, and it's also the, the scoring, like the. the oh, there's the, a score. I never. Yeah, they're they're like the. And this this happens. This is like inevitable in any internet thing. Like I always like the discussiony part, and people always like the the, the game rule part. It's the yeah. schmodown. It's the same way. Like my favorite stuff about the schmodown is the characters and the bits and the videos and the smack talk and the 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 making it a show. Mm-hmm. And the really? fans, me too. Ninety nine percent of the fans don't really care about that. They like that, but they're there for like the the questions. I say split the, down the middle. The, uh, I think the I think much more of the fan base is into the stats. The, the answers, who's winning, who's losing, who has the belts, the standings, the the sports, of okay. it, the math of it. And you think and, Andrew Garfield would do very well in this universe? Or? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so, yeah, like that was the thing with movie fights is over time, the fans got really hyped into like, they wanted more tournaments. They wanted like Dan to defend the belt more. And they wanted like standings. And they wanted like, who's, you know, what's everybody's record? And like we, for, for years, we didn't even keep track of records. We didn't care. It was just a show. Like the point was just to have funny people on and have them yell at each other. Okay. Um, and so that that's what sort of emotionally got me less interested in it was I just don't care about the standings. And and I feel like that's it's taking over just movie conversation. There's the standing stuff. So but the math, the standings, the like, well, I've, as you can see, I've compiled these four evidence points why Andrew Carfield is actually a good Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel this works off all emotion. It just works off nostalgia. It just makes like, because I didn't grow up like loving the Spider-Man movies. I thought the first one was okay, but I don't think I even saw the other ones. Like I just recently saw the second, third one, and then the Garfield ones for the first time. So I have right. no connection to it. I think that Tom Holland's like the best Spider-Man just because like I think he's very good at it. He represents to me what Spider-Man should be, which is an actual child. Like, that is what he should be. Like, he's just a kid. Like, I loved Far From Home. Like, I loved it. Like, I thought uh, that was, like, the best one because it had Jake Gyllenhaal and he's Mr. Music and he's, like, mm-hmm. so good at being Mr. Music. Uh, but I, I think I watched that before I really knew what was going on with the MCU. So I was like, I don't know what Quentin in it is. I don't know what the Stark stuff is. Uh, but I love that one so much. And I I don't know. This this movie spoke to me. But I also think Spider-Verse, we already got it. Like, we got a spider. We know what this looks like. Why is it specifically Spider-Man that we have to do through this multiverse universe? Thing? I think it's because there's so many movies. Like Batman has them, and we're doing it with Batman. They're the doing, up. they're doing it with Batman. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna do this with everybody now. Can like, we just this, not? Can I just can I just float a theory? They're they're going to like can it's, we just it's not? too late. We're gonna. I mean, the 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 Jurassic Park movie is also a little like this, where it's like the new cast and the old cast are both in it, and all the dinosaurs are everywhere now. All the you dinosaurs. Know, like, you know, like it, it is it is like every franchise is going to now try to do their version of this. How about we do it? OK, here's the thought. We do it with Batman, but we only do it with Jokers. We only do a Jokerverse. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to they're going to call all these guys, at least, and have these conversations for sure. Because like, I don't I don't know. That'd, that'd be very funny to me if they try to combine like leaders Joker with like, well, I can't do Well, Ledger. you can't get Ledger or Nicholson because Nicholson, very old. Ledger, uh, unfortunately, no longer with us. So that I mean, that is going to make it challenging. You yeah, could get animated you, Hamill in there. You get Hamill in there. You could get uh, Leto. And, so this movie actually sounds terrible. It's Leto. It's Hamill. 
and it's fucking Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. It's going to be a hard no set. No more to... Cesar Romero either, sadly. It's going to be a hard set to be on. Yeah. Well, it's going to be. I don't know yeah. if it's going to work. I, I don't know. I have faith. But I mean, to mm-hmm. me, like, th- this is just a good example of, like, to me, what would be more fun mm-hmm. would be to do a big Batman movie where you work in a ton of villains and just cat new people. Like just recast all the villains for just a one-off, you know? Oh, like that so, Lego Batman, right? Or like, uh, you know, there there are so many Batman stories that involve like a bunch of the villains, well, like a Long Halloween or an Arkham Asylum type thing. Oh my and God, yes, a Long Halloween. I just read that they just did a Long Halloween. They did movie. a they did an animated film, which was okay. Really, I mean, it I wasn't. Think... It, it, it lost some of the like. The, the comic is so, or the graphic novel, I guess it's a comic run. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so good fun. because it's so sweeping and it really does feel like you're going through this entire year with Batman of all of these different adventures. Yeah. And I think even though it's a two-parter, the movie kind of loses some of the like scope and it becomes more just like a Batman story. And it was good. I, yeah. It's also the, the Falcones, the, DC, the Maronis. The DC mm-hmm. animated stuff doesn't, it just, the animation isn't as good as it was really? a few years ago. Like, okay. Like the original DC animated movies, when they first started doing them, the animation looks really awesome. And now it's like, it looks like a good TV show. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Harley Quinn looks great. That's like, yeah. Well, Harley Quinn is like its own, it's totally its own thing. I mean, those like, you know, they do a bunch of those, like the DC animated universe of movies. I haven't seen any of them. Where there's like Batman, Bad Blood, and right, all the Teen Titans, Judas Contract ones, and Constantine has one, and they did Justice League Dark. Did you say Jew Contract? Judas Contract. What's that? It's a Teen Titans storyline that they adapted into an animated movie. Okay, so what are the Teen Titans? That's just baby Batman, baby Spider-Man. Baby no, no, that's Bat- baby. What? Is no. it well, The Teen Titans are a are a comic book supergroup. Robin is is So not baby Batman. Robin is on them, but <laughs> well, but not it's not all it's not like one of those like Young Justice teams where it's actually the the sidekicks of all of the other heroes. It's mostly original. Like Cyborg is on the Teen Titans, and um, he's part of the Justice League. Was he demoted? Uh, well, he was on the Teen Titans, I think, first, and then I think they worked him into the Justice League. Okay. But it, it's different. If Raven is a Teen Titan, Beast Boy is a Teen Titan. Thank it's, you, Joss Whedon. It's different characters. <laughs> uh, but there's that. There is that live action show on on HBO Max, Titans. That's the Teen Titans. Wait, wait, what? There's a late. There's, there's a live action. action Superhero show on HBO Max called Titans that's based on Teen Titans. Have, have you? They also had they had a sh- an animated show called Teen Titans, and then they did Teen Titans Go, which is like the cartoony, silly. And then they had Teen Titans Go the movie. And then they had Teen Titans Go the movies, which are based on Teen Titans Go. Question. And then they did a movie where the the old school Teen Titans fight the Teen Titans Go characters. So this seems like this is happening no matter what. We're getting this metaverse. It's no going. What. Yeah, every everything's going that way. You know what's the weird thing I just think, thought about because I was talking to my dad about this? Is It's weird we haven't done the Bizarro universe. Why not? You mean like a, as a DC movie? Or, or just as, as a, a, like bring up the concept. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess just nobody's figured out a way to like do it that they thought was cool. I mean, they've been really? in the animated stuff. Okay, but like weirdly. Really? Just not in the live action. We haven't figured out a way to make the Bizarroverse cool. Just, like, think about it. It's, cheesy. it's cheesy. Everything. But you could make it cool. Like that's the thing about cheesy shit. I think, like- I think the, the hope is that now we've got enough diversity that you could make something really goofy and zany. Like in a world where you can make Doom Patrol as a series. Like you could make anything. Or Harley that's Quinn, as, yeah. That's as goofy and nutty as it gets. Well, can't you just make it uh, uh, dark, edgy, bizarre? But until a few years ago, the movies were all like, they kind of were all trying to do the Nolan, like the gritty, like it's our world. There's just this crazy magic in it. So, but sorry, what what makes the Bizarreverse so goofy? I mean, it's like 
weird all, all opposite day versions of all the characters. Yeah. It's just inherently goofy. I mean, inherently goofy. There's a guy dressed up as a giant bat and a guy dressed up as a giant clown. These are inherently that's what I'm saying. goofy. Like, sure, but the whole bit for a long time and not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I liked about Venom Let There Be Carnages. We're sort of dispensing with the like it's a realistic world that resembles our own. Right. So I think now this doesn't so much apply. But like up until five years ago, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, it's a normal world, except this one guy dresses up like a fucking bat. But it's badass. But otherwise, it's a normal, realistic world. And now we're just now getting away from that, where it's like, okay, it's just a fucking crazy world. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, you or do, like, this world is crazy. Why you could do like birds of prey, and it's like everything, there's no rules to this universe anymore. And it's you know? so cool. I mean, but, but, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not defending the way things were. I'm just like, that was the primary mode from like, they, they had the immediate, like, Burton's Batman in 89 mm-hmm. and then there was that whole run in the 90s of like those very German expressionist like but Joel the Schumacher. shadow and uh, phantom and, and spirit, uh, yeah yeah and then after that we got kind of locked into that you know like okay it's, but what about the Schumacher movies and Batman and Robin? right yeah like but but like you know the 90s obviously was like the blade movies mm-hmm. and all that crazy Marvel shit. got big but right but like once 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 we started codifying the genre with like the Spider-Man movies and X-Men. That was the primary mode was like, try to make it more grounded, try to make it more like you a regular movie. You can't movie. tell me this, this Sam Raimi Spider-Mans were trying to make it more grounded. No, I'm saying like, that's like the last gasp of that previous generation. Oh, okay, gotcha, and gotcha. then like the X-Men came along and MCU movie started. And it's like, it got the, the Nolan and it got like, that's what the aughts and Snyder, kind of. Yeah, of Snyder. I mean, I feel like that's what the aughts brought to the like as it became a mainstream genre not like hey we're gonna do spider-man because like when spider-man came out it was still like to do a big movie about a big comic book hero was weird and like there weren't Zane. a lot of them yeah and, he's gonna be army of darkness guy right and so they were all like one-offs like well how do we bring tank girls world to the screen i don't know um but it, <laughs> tank girl was so fucking bad right and it was like the the aughts was when it became like okay we're gonna really do this we're gonna do it for every fucking character and here's how to do it mm-hmm to you know, we're in the the X Men world is just our world, but, it, but there's fucking mutants and they they keep hidden. Again, though, I'm I'm just gonna even drag Blade. Me. The Blade world is our world. It's just like vampires hide out and we don't know where they are. So we don't we but we understand just like as a nerd community now or like a community of nerds or whatever we're in, like where everyone has to have an opinion. We all understand the concepts of a multiverse. Like that's been explained away. Like yeah. we can't get an idea of like a, the darkest timeline. Like the community explained it no, to us. No, I I think you could do a Bizarro thing now and it wouldn't seem that weird because we've gotten weird a bunch of times. Like at this point, weird is weird is the, the order of the day. It's a comic book movie. Yeah, I mean, like we're doing multiverse shit all the time. Like it, it's fine. I'm just saying uh, that's only that's pretty recent. I still feel like that's a pretty recent development. Well, what would a bizarre world look like though? It's just everyone has an evil mustache and one eye patch, or what? I'm, I'm actually do, asking. Do you actually not know? I don't know. The, yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm actually there, it's, asking. It's just it's like an opposite. It's like a planet that's like the opposite of our world. So everyone talks backwards. Yeah, like everything. So like Superman is like evil and dumb. Like everybody's just the opposite of what they would be on our world because it's the bizarro world. But so they say goodbye for hello. Right. And I'm saying like, that's why it's- it's. So does time work backwards? Uh, I'm not 100% sure okay. about that. I, right. we, I, don't, I don't think I've read a comic that takes place on the bizarro. It's always bizarro's coming to our world. Bizarro, I love you. It's like that- You're laugh. thinking of Sila. That's the only context yeah. I have for bizarro. Right. 
Uh, I don't think it's a very, like, I think if you figured out a way to bring like bizarro Superman to our world and he's like very powerful and very, very destructive, you know, that's just what the Superman from the Josh, sorry, the Zack Snyderverse is, isn't that? No, because it's more like a monster. Like he's out of control. He's like man bad. Right. Okay. Um, you could probably make that work as some kind of nemesis, but I don't think they would work as like the primary villain if you were taking it in any way seriously because it is dumb. It's like, but then if you got like Salmon, it's like Finn and dumb. What if you got Salmon and Grun- Salm- Solomon Solomon Grundy? Solomon Grundy. Well, there's the same he, reason. He's well, like saying, a, he basically can't like think. But so. to get him bizarre version where he's smart. Yeah. Wow. Now you're really taking it down. No, that's what I'm saying. Like what Salmon? That, that's who'd be running that. War. I don't like. Listen, I'm sure if I if I'm on here like. A bizarro would not work as a good idea for a villain. People will get mad. Like, of oh, course no, no, it could. You can, you There's ways to make all this stuff fucking work. Yeah. I'm just, I, I feel like they had like to me, Brainiac as a Superman villain is like, like they haven't done Brainiac yet. That who's like, Brainiac? Brainiac is, is he uh, smart. Yes, that's actually the character Brainiac is where the word, the English word Brainiac no comes way. from. Yes, I swear. No Look way. It Look it up. The character came first. Okay. Uh, so to be a Brainiac is to be like the DC Comics character Brainiac. He's an a alien. Villain. He's an alien who uses technology to expand his intelligence even further. So he's got so like, like a computer brain, like like Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Um, and and a lot of his stories are like he was involved in the destruction of Krypton. Oh. Um, that's not good. So you can, you can't like, it, it, it's the sort of thing that could work as an origin story, but you could also just have him come to earth and be a threat. He could well. be the Mars man that we have right now. The Martian manhunter. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Just have him be well, the Martian manhunter is good. He's, he's helping us. Yeah. But what if he's bizarro Martian manhunter? Could bring oh boy. <laughs> Here we go, folks. Martian manhunter, but bizarro. Going deep on can, can DC Brainiac. comics lore. It could be Brainiac is what yeah. I'm saying. Brainiac is like, I can't believe there hasn't been a superhero, Superman movie with Brainiac. Because like, they always go back to the Lex Luthor. Well, it's nothing against Lex Luthor, but Wait, Lex there's Luthor. a lot of rogues out there. Superman's fought a lot of enemies in his day. Yeah, I mean, uh, Spider-Man only has Norman Osborn. And Spider-Man has a lot. They're just all, ant- like, they're all scientists who fell into a vat of animal. <laughs> like, they're all, everybody's. <laughs> that, that was brought up. Everybody's getting injected with animal. No, gotta watch where you fall was one yeah. of my favorite lines uh, of this. Sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, go ahead, Lon. Oh, I'm just, I'm getting so tired of the that happened jokes. But like, also, it's uh, everything. Like, there, that's the only kind of joke now. But also, Jamie Fox just wanting the paycheck, but not wanting to play that guy. I that was amazing because I was when, like, what do the you fuck remember? Is happening? He was like the first of the villains to get officially cast. Remember, like oh, he was the first guy that they announced where oh, like, an know. old villain is coming back, and it was Electro because he was so bad and. Like Jamie Foxx gave quotes at the time where it was like, I'm so excited to come back and like revisit this with fresh eyes. And like, finally, we're going to like make up for how Electro didn't work before. And it's like, ah, redemption. And he was like, so he was so excited to come back and get Uh, another crack at this iconic villain. And then he comes back and he's like, Hey, I'm Electro. No, he was the opposite. He was just like, Hey, I'm Electro. He's like a cool guy. And like, what am I doing here? He, what? I mean, that would back. be cooler if he was I'm mumbling. Back to my old universe now. That is, he's like, he's, he's so, not. Un- he just doesn't want to be there. Well, yeah, he just doesn't want to be there, but I'm saying he's playing it cool. Like, he's just cool yeah. Jamie Foxx in a movie. It didn't but feel like he was playing a character. It, no, it honestly feels like Jamie Foxx got pulled out. <laughs> like, Fox. not Electro. Jamie Foxx from another reality yeah. is just like hanging out. Or at this his, one. <laughs> like, chilling at his crib in the Palisades. Yeah. And then suddenly <laughs> finds himself inside a Spider Man movie, like, 
What am I doing here, guys? Come on. He's got it's every like, line. It's like it just just sounds like he's just yeah, doing a it, not even like a character. He's just doing a bit. It reminded me of when Michael Jordan first gets sucked into Looney Tunes <laughs> world in Space Jam. Yeah. He's like, "What's going on here, Bugs Bunny? <laughs> uh, this is not. I, I got a golf game to get back to. Like that's what this felt like for Chief. Like, they, come on, really? All right, I'm gonna steal all your electricity <laughs> with my hands." Like, like he's so above it. It's like you wanted to come back and do this. Nobody's forcing you. Oh, I know. Well, maybe oh. this is what he thought the the redemption was. It was like he just needs to make Max cool. Maybe. Maybe they were like, no, uh, Michael Mann's gonna direct or something. Just come on, just try. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Mann's gonna direct. This is gonna be Tarantino. Don't yeah, worry. No, no, yeah, it's another Michael Mann. Trust, trust, trust it's me. it's it was weird and disconcerting how much he did not seem like he was like because Thomas Hayden Church. Say what you will about the ADR, but like he was giving it his all. Oh, 110 percent. Delighted to be there. Delighted to be there. God, if we had just gotten that one shot of him and Rhino drinking Merlot, <laughs> really would have done it for me. <laughs> really would. God, they couldn't have made one. If we're going to do the that's the happen joke, why not? Why I, I mean, at me? this point, they were doing so much. It's like, why not one extra piece one of fan extra, service? Instead of having that whole commercial for like Doctor Strange at the end, which like, why? Why was that because shot like that? I wanted you to go see Doctor Strange. Sure, but too. why not? But why not just give us a scene? Why do that weird it was, thing? The it commercial? was. It was odd. Where it, yeah, it was one of those like just the trailer for the but then for the next sort movie. of just a trailer, but then also just like a weirdly extended scene of him and Wanda. I feel like and, and sorry, that's my phone. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I'm an asshole. I I feel like and and I'm gonna put this out into the world right now so you can all hear it. <laughs> save this okay i feel like we're gonna like doctor strange 2 is gonna be more of this like no. we're gonna get blasts from mcu past in that one uh, i think i why? yeah is that what like what everything is post like end game i, I like, feel uh, like that's how they're gonna try to keep everybody hold everybody's interest is like now we've got this wide open playing field and you can bring back anybody you want and like I don't feel like they're going to close the multiverse now that we've done this. And How can you close the multiverse? People have freaked out about it so much. Like, I feel like there's The next just... movie's literally called The Multiverse of Madness. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think they're going to close it off from, like, surprise visits. Like Every single uh, MCU show has explained a different version of the multiverse. That's yeah. confusing. How are we get in, like, a multiverse? Uh... Well, yeah, I still don't understand how alternate timelines are giving rise to, like, genetically independent dudes who are named Peter Parker. Like, well, because I don't think that's a multiverse issue. That's not a that's not well, TVA that's an, deviation. That's issue. an everything issue. Because if I changed, if I went back a thousand years and plucked one person out of your family tree and replaced them with, with a different person, or replaced them with an alligator, yeah, like you look fucking totally different now. Like you're not you. Like, yeah. and you're not you in a in a holistic way. Like yeah. I don't mean you're you with one slight difference. No. I mean you don't ever fucking exist. The multiverse only makes sense from an IP level of like the multiverse right. it's a multiversal IP. It's issue. it's a it's a multiverse of versions of this character everybody the, likes. Yes, exactly. But it's, it's not a true multiverse because a true multiverse would have no so like a, a, a world you would be Loki, like you wouldn't be you a would world just, that diverged from our world a hundred years ago would look nothing like our. No people who were alive would be alive. And the what Unless, if we had the same issue? Where I was like, well, what if one thing is just seems like a lot of things have changed. You only exist because of like a, a, a incredibly long line of people got together and fucked. And if those people hadn't all gotten together and fucked at the day that they fucked, yeah, you don't a, exist. The Aunt May, Uncle Ben, uh, change in age yeah. discrepancy between well, right. the the idea that that Tobey Maguire. Andrew Garfield and Peter Parker are just different universes expression of the idea of Peter Parker makes no fucking sense and it really challenges all of our ideas about 
who we are and identity and free will. I'm like, am I just this timeline's expression of the concept of Lon Harris? Right. Would Drew Grant, another iteration of her be Sarah Grant or would another iteration be a dude named Drew Grant or like, But yeah. it would, that's like, like, we know, we understand. It would be nothing. It would be a totally different person because your parents didn't ever meet because one of your parents didn't exist because, you know, like it just causality it only works in one direction yeah, yeah. i mean what if really challenged me on that because i was like loki we get the tv I, I don't get how we got alligator loki i don't get it no it, do- <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like there's you just like why the, would there be an alligator version? there we right there's not an alligator version. there's not because like there's so many different things would have happened <laughs> like, and i and I, I like it's funny i don't i'm not i don't mean to undermine like these stories shouldn't exist because of this logical mm-hmm. gap it just it does it does bug me when they try to like explain it. I, I like not as much, I, I, and I discovered that this too is bugging people all around the internet because this was bugging us about did the concept of Peter Parker get deleted? Did from he the world? not? We got the college essay thing. Did the person people Peter got, the college admissions thing got so many people hot under their collar? Yeah, it, but right. Yes, I pointed out that when uh, like the suspense of getting your college packet back was entirely you, you the suspense was alleviated when you checked the mail yeah because you either got a thin envelope back which means rejection letter or you or got a list, yeah. packet of information back which means you got in here's how to sign up for orientation and exactly what, I where to take your computer i remember when <laughs> i remember getting my overland packet i applied early admissions no big deal uh but i remember getting my overland packet back and it had clearly been opened like my parents had clearly opened it because they mm-hmm. couldn't like stand the suspense but they were like handing it to me like wonder what it could be and i remember I mean, immediately being like there's a booklet in there like, right <laughs> it's like they don't send you a booklet when you get rejected that'd and be they so don't, cruel <laughs> and they don't send you information on where to get your books when you don't get in uh so the fact that they all had these thin envelopes but i was yeah. I was like, well, they if you just got a thin envelope, I hate to break it to you, you Zendaya, but you did not get into MIT. Zendaya uh, Nishi, sorry. But then I but I tweeted that just to you. Literally just to me. I replied it to you. Else, because all I had was a tweet saying, I don't believe any of this college stuff right. is happening. And then like people got really mad. They were like, no, I got in and it was only a thin envelope, which doesn't even, I, honestly, strange credulity for me. Because what, they just sent you a letter that said like, thanks for replying. We like you very much. You 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 can come to our school. Okay, bye. Like, you don't need, where's the follow up? Like, this is not enough information to go to college. It, it just it would make for a better uh, like suspense. Like that that should be how it's done. I just like the idea purposes. like UCLA's chancellor just sent you like a postcard and like good on you. You got into college. Okay. I like that. See you in the fall. It's like getting those things where it's like you get to see the. Uh, it does make for a better. It does make for a better like cinematic element though because it's like getting into the school play like you're just gonna go rush the board and see if you're right it's 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 one of those tropes that i i get that they wanted to do the them opening the letter and it's a nice scene and there wouldn't be a way to do it with them checking their mail um do they but the kids still get that or they get emails i don't know but that's like literally like a dozen people wrote me and were like telling me how they found out they got into college i kind of want to go through some of these responses they didn't they agree amazing. with my and it's like i I, this is what I mean. Like, this is what I was talking about when I was talking about movie court before. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's this idea that if I make a joke about a movie mm-hmm. or if I point something out that's maybe an inconsistency about a movie, that people feel like, well, now I'm the prosecution and they're their defense and they have to, like, defend the movie. Like, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> Actually, my college didn't send me a packet. And it's like, I don't 
Like I'm not invested in it in that way. Like yeah. I don't, I'm just pointing it out to be funny. Like literally I exist in a world where I'm just trying to constantly come up with things that are going to make right, right. other people laugh because. And instead you're pissing them off. Because long. I feel insecure. Like I don't feel good about myself. And I like, that's how I gauge my worth as a person. Okay. So that's like, that's just healthy. Yeah, sounds healthy. Uh-huh. Uh, so like, I'm just constantly making jokes and pointing things out. And like, I don't, I'm not trying to make you hate a thing. I'm not even trying to convince you that it's bad. Like I liked the movie, mm-hmm. um, but I think people read it that way a lot. Like I snark on things, and then they think I hate everything. And but I, think like, was I a, really don't. Well, let's be clear. This is also all side point from what I was originally trying to say about the whole college thing, which is: Does Peter Parker not have a social security number? Yes. Well, <laughs> right. It, it it creates a. They've created a really confusing situation where what Doctor Strange says and what then actually seems to happen doesn't really match. Do people forget or were things like obliterated? It's it's Spider-Man still exists. Yeah, Spider-Man's always existed. Peter yeah. Parker still exists, but all the evidence that would have been produced by third parties interacting with Peter Parker no longer exists. Well, and in addition, Peter Parker never went to high school. Like, he doesn't have his life as Peter well, Parker. Again, like, if, if Peter Parker sat in his bedroom and drew a drawing of Spider-Man and mm-hmm. then left and then came back, it would still be there. But if Peter Parker had sent a... had had written correspondence with a friend in another town and then come back home, that letter would not exist anymore. No, no, that's not what happened. That's what I'm saying. No, because here's that's what it should be. But what happens is he's taking his GEDs at the end, so he never went to high school. He exists, but he never went to high school. Like, or he, he didn't had, graduate high school. Uh, no, he never went because he doesn't know Zendaya. Like, Zendaya and them, they don't recognize him. Well, they don't, again... <laughs> well, no, but I guess going to high school would be interacting. Like, no, because like, like it's, he he teachers would have to have known him to give him a grade. But like, why can't they know Peter Parker and just not that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? Exactly. I'm agreeing with that point. Like, it doesn't make sense that they don't remember that there was a person named Peter Parker. Because like, how it's would, just because they want they want that emotional payoff. Why would a happy know that Spider-Man through Aunt May or no? Yeah, Aunt it doesn't. You're you're absolutely right. None of it makes Does any sense. It? it it it's they wanted that emotional beat of his friends don't remember him. Yeah. They don't even know who. It's not that they don't remember that he's Spider Man. They don't know him at all. There's no. There's truly no way home for him. And now he's completely no. alone in the world. But now and, he doesn't have any money. And they wanted to get themselves there. I get that. And then they just. This is the best way they could do it. And it doesn't totally. It doesn't work out. totally work out. Doctor Strange it, doesn't it, fucking it doesn't, make sense. Like, no. why is he gaslighting a child? It. It's fair. The whole thing is very strange. I don't want to. I don't, William Bibiani also found a, a big, what I think is a pretty big plot hole, but I don't want to steal his thought. Okay, by, well, by putting it out there. We'll, we'll we'll just keep that there for now. Yeah. I think I think we've we've done a pretty good job. Wow, this up. feels like it's been exhausted. No, it's not exhausted. Oh, I think it's exhausting, and I was like, no, no exhaustive. Uh, I'm, I'm never exhausted. You're never exhausting. I have a <laughs> pounding headache, but you are never oh, exhausted. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, 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 not kidding. But I am not. There's no correlation between the two. Uh, Lon, to wrap things up for the year of 2021, yeah. I, I guess it is going to be the wrap up. Uh, I yeah, think this, you're gonna you're leaving soon. But I'm bringing podcast equipment that will allow me to record phone calls Ooh. with audio quality that is of this type or better. Spent wow. a lot of money on some on some on the road gear. There you go. You dropped dropped a lot of claws into a lot of claw machines to get Shut this up. gear. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. Actually, if I drop drop less claws into claw machines, I'd probably have more money to do this kind of thing. Uh, so we might have another episode. Let's see. Let's yeah, see how you, you never know. You you never know. But uh, end of the year thoughts, best movie? Best Ooh. Movie? 
Uh, there are there's so much I haven't seen. I feel weird saying this is definitively in any way the best movie because there's Titan, so many. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I want to see that one. Drive My Car is supposed to be great. I haven't seen that one. Um, there's a lot. There's there's I haven't seen Licorice Macbeth, Pizza. That that Cohen Macbeth I gotta see. Oh yeah. Uh, even like Licorice Pizza I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of the ones I've seen, I think Pig is still my still have to see favorite. That. It's yeah. on Hulu now, so you can yes. stream it for free. I Everybody out there listening. Uh, it is not anything like what they were marketing. It's not, it's not John Wick or whatever. It's nothing like that. It's not a revenge thing. It's, it's like a very internal like drama. It it was being like early word on it was like they stole Nicolas Cage's pig. What? Now he's going to stop and nothing to get it back. That is what happens. It's about oh. he, he plays a like relatively recluse, reclusive former chef. Mm-hmm. Now he lives in the wilderness and he earns part of his money by he owns a truffle hunting pig and he uses the pig to find truffles. Then he sells them to like high end San Francisco restaurants. Okay. And someone takes the pig. Uh, and then one day he's in his cabin in the woods and these people break in and they knock him out and they steal his pig. Wait, that's so, so weird. I didn't and so he goes to the city to try to figure out who stole my pig and to get his pig back. I did not know that that was a part of the movie. I thought it was like him training like a young kid in the pig. Well, truck. Alex Wolf plays the guy who comes out and like buys these exotic ingredients from him. Okay. So that's who he goes to to like help him on his quest to okay. get his pig back. So it is Alex Wolf and Nicolas Cage kind of co-star in the movie. And Alex Wolf is, Nicolas Cage is getting all the attention. Alex Wolf is fantastic Alex in this Wolf movie. Is, is he the one from? Uh, Hereditary. He is the one. And, and Old. He was also amazing this year in Old, by the way, which is another great movie that got, I think, wait, underappreciated. Really? Wait, really? Oh, did you not see Old? Oh, I saw Old. You think Old was like underappreciated? I really like, Old is probably going to be, like, as of right now, if Whoa, I was making my top one. 10, I think Old would probably be in my top But like, I, unironically, like, yeah, no, old? I thought it was really good. Oh my god, it's like a B movie. I mean, it's not, it's not him trying to make like an art film. I but I thought it was really don't great. Think that, but okay, but you know what? That's another episode. I that's like. a, that's it. We'll do that next time. Be- the Beach Make You Old movie. You you. Like- I really like the Beach Make You Old movie. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. We'll uh, talk about it. We'll definitely unpack this more in a future episode. And uh, I haven't. You know seen- what else I also really love this year that is also on Hulu that what? I'll throw out here? Uh, Summer of Soul, Questlove's documentary. Oh, about like it's that one. It's about the Harlem concert? Cultural yeah. Festival, nineteen sixty nine. It's it got a little overlooked when it first came out, but he's doing this really cool thing. It's like one of the best edited movies like I've I ever seen. I heard of the seen. editing was like amazing. Well, because he's he's doing this really cool thing where so you'll you'll get because you know it's all these different. It was like a month long festival. All these different incredible acts perform, like Stevie Wonder and you know the four. Yeah, tops I read like and, the New Yorker review of it because right. I'm a fucking um, loser. Sly the Family Stone, and so at the he he gets like the intro of every band and then he'll, he'll capture them playing the beginning of the performance. And then as they're like warming up or playing their first song, he'll give you like this three or four minute, very quick history context lesson about here's who this band is and here's what they were doing. And here's their background. And here's why they were important at this moment in cultural history. And here's, you know, what was going on with them in the time around this festival. And then right as that wraps up, you go into the song and you hear them do a song or two. And it's like, I've never seen a movie that's so skillfully went back and forth between like concert film and history. And it really is like, cause he's a DJ and it really is like, he's, he's like DJing the movie for you in this really interesting way. And, it's fantastic. And the music is obviously like Mahalia Jackson and all these great people are performing. And uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'm going to be lame with mine. Do it. Dune. 
I love Dune. I fucking I love, love Dune. Dune. And I, I just, I think Dune for me was special because I didn't expect it to feel like a transcendental experience. Like I didn't expect it to feel like, like literally like I, we went to go see it in IMAX and I was like, okay, like Star Wars. But like, I don't even like the David Lynch Dune that much. But like, I saw this movie and I walked out of there being like, I just had like a religious conversion. Like I just felt like I like literally found religion. Yeah. Or like found God after seeing that movie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's what it feels like to have like something that happens to you in your life that's so spiritually fulfilling. Wow. Uh, it, it did. It it just did. I don't know how to explain. It, it must have been like what seeing Star Wars for the first time felt yeah. like, and like for people. It, it's just it's like it's sensory, and and I yeah, feel it's, like it's, that's we, exactly it. it we forget that there is a level on which movies are just sensory. They're not. They don't, it don't, you don't have to be overthinking everything and it doesn't always have to be about ideas and it's, it can just be like being transported to this fucking alien world. Yeah. Where like, like the, with the helicopters or fireflies. Yeah. Or like, where like, it's just like different and, and it, it's it just overwhelming so and in a sensory spectacle way. And yeah, like I think I talked about, I might've talked about this on this yeah, show. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, like the idea of spectacle where we're so, we're so down on it. Like it's cheap, you know, like, oh, it's just spectacle that movie, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but spec, that's, that's. That's still art. Like art is spectacle. Like mm -hmm. there, there's nothing cheap about it. Like movies are visual. And so like embracing that and using sound and using visuals just to just overwhelm you, your senses and emotions is just as valid as like an Aaron like Sorkin talky two hour dialogue yeah, fest. Exactly. Like, why are we so down on it? I like, don't, I don't why know. Are we, why are we convinced that this is the bad thing when we're like literally hiring presidents just because they're like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like there on some level, I think like there was a lot of like film criticism and uh, like that it's partly to fault where like when blockbusters and that action movies were like taking over, okay. there was a lot of cynicism around that. Like, Oh, this movie, there's really, this is just generic, the same shit we've seen a hundred times, you know, more, more action, Explosions. more shooting, more sky But beams. then John Wick being like what it is, like, you know, this, right. things being like in 3D and, and, and IMAX, like yeah. what, what did he want from movies? So like, it is, there is a mode which movies can work where it's just like shooting and explosions and just like filler to like pass the time or like distract you like shiny things. Yeah. But Dune, I don't think is that. Dune is like Dune is legitimate, so like, moving, stirring spectacle. And it is thoughtful in its way. Like it is this world where humanity is dwarfed by its creations and by this technology that's it's like so, I mean, it's just, so massive and so beyond our scale or scope to understand. And like, I don't know. I, I agree. I thought it was really like. And an Danny experience. Villeneuve was the perfect person to direct this movie. Perfect yeah. person, I think so. I don't. I can't think of one person no. that I would have liked to see I, this movie. And I, I mean, I like the, I love the book. So I, I was, oh yeah, I was giant worm guy. Fan. You love worm I was, guy. I, I love worm guy. I can't wait to see him. No, I don't. We, I doubt we're gonna get. Maybe that we'll far. get a vision of him. Giant worm man. We Ch might. Chalamet. I mean, I think definitely there's gonna be part two, which is the second half of the first book, mm -hmm. and then they could very easily go do the next book, which is also it's just like later in the life of Paul Atreides. Okay. So like keep. Timothy keeps Zendaya. So he doesn't age? Well, yeah, but like the way that he, like you could do it in five years with the same actors. Okay. After that, it gets fucking, like you could keep trying, but it gets very esoteric and weird. I'm and that's when it. it starts being like, dude, his, his son turning into a worm and that kind I of shit. I want to see the worm and then son. Like I undead, know we've talked about this before, but I want to Undead Jason Momoa Tulpa's coming back. And what? Yeah, the later Dune novels, they they create technology that can like clone dead people and bring them back. I'm so into this. So Jason Momoa, uh, oh, I, I No one ever really I, I, No, I, I, you, you guys know. Jason Momoa dies. 
but he comes oh. back in the later Spo- Dune. I'll put this. I'll have to put the spoilers up. Now. Oh boy! Well, we we spoiled the entire Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. movie. Yeah, we did that. So I'll I'll just go do that. I'll just put this the spoilers. Let up people on. know we spoiled du- Dune and Spider-Man in this. Okay, I will. Uh, but it's coming out weeks after. This has come out a the Dune. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Spider-Man. If you haven't seen Spider-Man, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Even. Get out of here. Get the man. fuck out of here. Uh, Lon, where can people <laughs> oh, find you? Oh, that's right. We didn't do that yet. Uh, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's You're the very best funny on there. We are usually up. talking to me. I do talk to you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I talk to some other people. No, I'm not saying you only talk to me. I'm just saying you. you can find us talking to each other. Well, you can often find Drew and I uh, sharing sharing witticisms and insights and, on on the Twitter. And people trying to get into it, like people trying to get into our convos so oh bad. Oh my god! People just try to get the butt their little butts in there. People convos. really do the. They want to be talking to us on Twitter. Yeah, for, for real. We're that's, really popular on there, lawn especially. So go check us out. <laughs> uh, and you can also uh, listen to my other podcast. It's called Binge Boys. Mm-hmm. That's the one I do with Hal Rudnick mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we talk, we're talking about MacGruber this week so be yeah, sure to you, check in there you've made a couple of MacGruber references I was wondering what that was about it's, it's the new show MacGruber oh it's a show yes uh, Will Forte and Jorma uh, from Lonely Island did a full 10 episode uh, 8 episode it might be 8 okay. 8 episode MacGruber series it picks up like Right after the movie. Right. So Maya Rudolph helpfully shows up at the very beginning to recap the events of the movie, in case you forget. Val Kilmer's not in it though, right? No, no Val Kilmer. Uh, Billy Zane takes over as yes. the main nemesis. Good, good job, uh, I, America. Can I also add, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Elliott are also both in the MacGruber series. Amazing. Along with Ryan Phillippe and Kristen Wiig pr- reprising their, now, their film roles. Does Ryan Phillippe die immediately? or No, he lives on in this one. Okay. Ryan Phillippe gets to be in the whole show. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Will Forte is nude for the entire second episode okay god <laughs> god love him yeah uh it's a lot of fun i feel like if you are a fan of the mcgruber film this is gonna this is gonna wet your appetite for wet more your MacGruber. whistle wet your whistle yeah um okay and as for me you're on my are you you're on my channel you're content, you're already here folks you're already here like and review and comment and subscribe and that always really helps us guys content candy it's nom nom for your ears i came up with that there you go yeah, yeah. You can also check out uh, my YouTube channel. Everything's kind of video drew, one word, across all, all the fucking places on the internet. So check me out on my YouTube channel where we do shows like uh, Video Chronic Pop Culture Quizzes and Live in the Dark and me and Adam Collins do Why Are We Like This and Cinema Bias. It's just a bunch of stuff. Uh, so I guess that's what I'm plugging for now. For now. Uh, and yeah, guys, if you leave us a review on Content Candy over wherever you get podcasts, I will endorse you for whatever you want on LinkedIn. What and a I'm, deal. I'm becoming really big on LinkedIn again. No big deal. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really getting, I, I was like noodling up to the editor-in-chief of ClickHole on LinkedIn Look recently. Look at this, yeah. I, that, those are skills I lack. I, I should I should sharpen LinkedIn, my LinkedIn skills. Well, the thing is on LinkedIn, no one has any social skills. Like It's like all these like <laughs> yeah. 50-something people like trying to like do social media it's and it's true. terrible. It's true. Like that's uh, my dad is still like super active on LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn. Like he'll congratulate Congratulate me on my like eight years at oh, like, yeah. my job. Yeah, yeah. I got one of those from like John Campia recently and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn is the place where you go. Um, okay, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a happy, happy holiday, whatever yeah. you might celebrate. And we will talk to you very soon. Okay. Bye. bye.